Podcast. Happy July 26, 1998, Saving Private Ryan was released, finally giving white males aged 1849 their Titanic. On the radio, Puff Daddy was rapping over Led Zeppelin's Cashmere on Come With Me, which makes sense since Biggie already did Stairway to Heaven. Ken Starr's investigation into Bill Clinton was in full swing, and somehow he only came up with lying about a blowjob. Meanwhile, in Fresno, California, Triple H and The Rock went two out of three falls at Fully Loaded In Your House. I rule in the dungeon. This is Hell in a Cell Phone. Great job on the happy birthday there, Eric. Um, and, and in that spirit, I'd like to say that we hope you enjoyed last night's Royal Rumble. I know, sh- I sure know that we all... Loved it. Wasn't it crazy when... Drew McIntyre. Won. So welcome, Bobby. Hello. And welcome, Eric. Happy to be a part of the podcast with episodes that are as long as Martin Scorsese's shorter movies. <laughs> Welcome to the one-year anniversary episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. Looks like we made it. Look how far we've come, my baby. Oh, What an ally, Shania. (laughs) And what would an anniversary be without anniversary presents? Wow. What? What is this? This is happening live on air. This is like an Oprah's favorite thing episode. Look under your seat. What? 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 Wow, you actually got us and since And since this is not a visual medium, I can tell you all right now, Eric got a chain for his prized watch, and Bobby got some combs for his beautiful, beautiful hair. <laughs> oh, no, no, but I sold my hair to get Eric. <laughs> I sold Bobby's hair. <laughs> this is awesome. Wow. Also, anyone who's ever seen me shirtless know I have plenty of hair to go around. <laughs> wow. This is dope as hell. Yes. We all got matching Austin 316 shirts, so there will be a photo forthcoming on Fuck the yes. Twitter. Wow. This is I great. guess we're going to wear this for our first live show, huh? Hell yeah. That's really I mean, cool. I may be in a singlet for our first live show. <laughs> I no, you wear the singlet under this. Oh, right, right. I'll be, I may show up as Bobby the Body for the first live show. <laughs> wow. And today we are going with the fully loaded pay-per-view on the road to SummerSlam 1998. Now, before we get started into the actual pay-per-view, we do need to touch on a few things that happened on the Raws leading up. Now, we'll touch on a lot of the stuff that connects more with the individual matches when we get there, but a couple of major things happened on here. 
Uh, first thing is the Brawl for All tournament began. Eric, you have, have you heard about this at all? Uh, no, no, I have not all heard about it <laughs> at Brawl for All. So the Brawl for All is, well, remember um, Butterbean versus Mark Marrow and how much everybody loved that? Yes. So the idea now is, since everyone loved that fake boxing, let's try some real boxing in here. Brawl for All was a tough man contest, which is a shoot style um, mix. So it was boxing, but also like takedowns were were allowed. This is basically MMA is surging in popularity and Vince wants a sweet piece of that little pie, which is like why he's recruiting stars like Ken Shamrock and C. Blackman and Dan Severn. Uh, But Severn. Severin, I know. I'm gonna keep doing that. I'm sorry. Ah. I've got like a, I've got like a, a mental block. Uh, but this was a real fight, real strong guys. Did they have who they thought was going to win? Sure. Did the outcomes they wanted to happen happen throughout? No. Did that lead to a very confusing and making no sense whole typical thing. Very much so. So this was shoot style in the sense that they people really just fought. They really yeah. fought, and there was that, and a real winner. Really was earned. Like they did not. They did not. No one was selling. Okay. It was a. It was a fight. And so we think we might do a little mini episode of this in our lead up to SummerSlam, but more on that later. Other thing, we had Sable introducing Steven Regal, um, which was the former name of who we all know and love as William Regal, who's the current GM on NXT. He's going to go away for a while before we ever see him on a pay-per-view, though. Correct. He's had a long storied career not i guess long but he's had a prominent spot in wcw for many years leading up to this uh and there was rumor one of his last matches was against goldberg back in the time when goldberg was squashing everyone now i'm not a wcw expert by any stretch so please um this may be wrong joe so um he, but he did <laughs> wrestle goldberg at a time when goldberg was no selling and being undefeated and all this stuff uh and he worked a very stiff match and there was a rumor that he got laid off because he put, he put up too much of a fight against Goldberg, which in a lot of ways doesn't track for a lot of reasons. And he had said on Stone Cold's podcast years later that that was not the case, that he was told to have a competitive match for six minutes, um, which is what he did. He did, like, you know, eventually do the job for him like he was supposed to. So I tend to believe that because I don't think uh, he didn't strike me the type that would go off book like that. But anyway, um, he comes to WWE. We see him here, and I believe he has one other match that might be televised, maybe two televised matches one against draws and one against tiger ali singh um but he ends up injuring himself uh like an ankle or a knee injury or some sort of leg injury uh but then he becomes addicted to painkillers so he's off tv for a bit yeah. um after this so someone to look forward to in a while and then again the whole purview of this podcast is for us to look at this 19 late 90s early 2000s wrestling from a 2019 perspective and there are certain moments that we need to address on here because like not to address these things would be negligence on our part and it was honestly the segment we're referring to and about to show to eric for the first time is one of the ones that Aaron and I have often talked about as like the impetus for this whole podcast. Like when we're talking about examples of things you want to talk about, we were talking specifically about at least partially this. This is the single worst thing that WWE has ever produced. Ooh, I am not ready. Okay. I am not ready to okay. commit to that, but it is certainly in the top five. 
So right now we're about to show Eric a segment from July 6th, 1998. You probably, if you've been listening to this podcast, already know that date and already know what we're talking about. But we'll be back in just a minute. How do you feel about the t-shirt now? <laughs> Fuck. <sighs> um, Where to begin? There's a lot going on there. Uh, I didn't think that they would like quadruple down on doing blackface uh and just oh god like every aspect of it except for the owen part uh was okay well well let's let's describe it yeah so we have degeneration x come out impersonating the nation of domination triple h has tanned his skin and drawn an eyebrow on wears a curly wig as the rock or the croc in this one here X-Pac has padded himself to Kingdom Come and is donning the darkest blackface that he could find as Mizark Henry. And then we've got the Nation of Dom, or sorry, the New Age Outlaws as um, D'Lo and the Godfather. D'Lo and the Godfather. With um, more, uh, with more uh, blackface. Yes. And everybody's got like a, an Afro wig. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's no holds barred. I think offensive. <laughs> and like, what's, here, I mean, notably, again, and, notably, China is nobody. Gets out of it okay. China knew better. And then there was somebody who was impersonating Owen. Um, so impersonating Owen was this guy named Jason Sensation, who the WWE found at a press conference in Toronto. He actually did a lot of impressions, uh, but Owen was far and away his best one. But he could do Brett. He can do a bunch of people. And there, he did Austin. I think he did Austin on air once. There's like a lot of people he could do. Uh, the following week, he did um, Brett on air. He did Shawn Michaels on air. He did Taker on air. But Owen is the one he's most famous. His for. Owen is fantastic his own is spot on it's great he would go on to want to become a wrestler and never have success and then with it oh like us <laughs> oh sure yeah, yeah except within the last year he tweeted he was at a raw event with a gun um and caused a big police scare and all this stuff uh but he wasn't even there at all had no plans of being there turns out he's just like really fucked up yeah. wait this was this past year within the last couple months yeah wow. 2019 yes okay um so his story is not particularly a bright one but the, the issue goes back to the same thing that we were saying when the nation was feuding with uh, the Heart Foundation um, and D-Generation X, that at this point, D-Generation X are the good guys yes. in this story. They are the faces, yeah. the nation are the heels, and so now we have a group of faces who are perpetrating this, and there's... We're not going to get even the pleasure of the comeuppance because they're seen as the heroes throughout this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, they cut to the audience throughout that whole thing, and they're, like, laughing right Like, nobody sees anything wrong with this. Yeah, no, that audience loved it. And what was, where was this shot? This was at uh, State College, Pennsylvania. You should fucking know better, Penn State. <laughs> that is some bullshit. Like, I don't know, I don't is there a state that I expect that I would expect this from? And I don't want, I don't, I'm not going to, let's not, yeah. let's not I'm not going to speculate on on a state that would enjoy this, but I don't know, man. And no one even brought up how fucked up it was. It wasn't like the nation even responded. They're like, that's not okay. It's like, it was just treated as if they just did a bad impression, you know, um, that they yeah. don't even recognize that this is a, a different thing. And DX punching down is not new. You know, and like mm-hmm. and Shawn Michaels, that kind of humor, punch, that punching down thing. I think that's something that happens with Austin sometimes. We'll see later in the run. And it makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. Well, like, 
they've they've never had and I, I, I wrestling in general has never had a concept of like the directionality of punching. You know what I mean? Well, like they like they the punching up is almost is more is way more rare than the punching down. Well, usually it's a hero and a villain, and and so it, the hero acts. Like the, the the villain ties women to train tracks, you know. I mean, and the hero like comes in with a cape and saves them, and like that's that's the dichot like the, you know, the dynamic they were had for years before Attitude Era, and now they sort of switch to this anti anti hero stuff. Yeah, and now we're fully cheering villains. You know what I mean? Like we almost like overcorrected too much. Oh no no yes, but I mean, but like any time that there's been any sort of you know um, humor that has taken place oh. that we've seen it's always been like you're gay i bet you i bet you're really gay i bet you like dicks a lot i've always fucked your mother like none of it has ever been like you know vince you almost have too much power <laughs> <laughs> like they're they're not they're not pointing out anything they're not doing the i don't know i'm not gonna say the daily show because fuck that but like they're not they're not doing you know early daily show they're not speaking there. truth to power they're not speaking truth to power but, but in a way though isn't that austin's whole thing being like this blue collar the boss the anti-corporate the boss is trying to bring you down take advantage of you make money off your hard your blood spit and tears fuck that guy like, well, that is the whole. That is, that is his thing. That, that is, is what he does. But then he doesn't. He he'll also do some of the some of that shit to other people. Yeah, he'll also like stun a grandma, like just for the and sake. All, of and, it. And, and, and yeah, yeah, and even with with Vince McMahon, I'm questioning his masculinity yeah. and and all like right. So right. Steve Austin like swims in toxic masculinity. Right, it's a little bit like hire more women prison guards. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's like. <laughs> Man, I attacked Vince, and I like I I, t- I finally told Power that they're gay. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, cool, dude. Um, here's the thing. So it's funny when I watch these these um segments. I don't know what it is, but like you know, there's part of me. I mean, when I when I saw the the segment with Gold Dust mm-hmm. or Tafka Gold Dust and uh, Flash, Flash Funk, Funk, none of it. None of it seemed sal- salvageable. It was all just like shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Constant, constant shit. When I was watching this, I was like, part of me was in my my head. It was like, how how could this have been written? I in agree. A way? I agree. I think some of the jokes are actually kind of like the if, jokes about like taking the rocks phrases and spinning yes, it. It's all Triple H could have worked. If Triple I just H came just... out there with, with an unbuttoned shirt with a drawn on eyebrow and did his fake people's elbow. Fine. I'm fine with that. See, I was trying to figure out like, how do you, tr- how do you, uh, you know, trans transmit the rock idea? So maybe that, maybe it's the eyebrow. It's mm-hmm. gotta be the drawn on eyebrow. Or the dumb clothes, even the dumb clothes. Yeah. Cause that's the whole thing is he yeah. wears like, even those clothes weren't right. Like the loafers were right, but the shirt could have been more, uh, Versace ish. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a little bit gaudier and more Versace, which seems like his aesthetic, like he wore in the Apollo Jones interview. Um, the right. famous five hundred dollars shirt, um, the fanny pack. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you could do more with, with, with. I think you could have sold all the jokes without blackface at all. You actually yeah. done it. With, oh, with I, I, that's what I'm saying. You definitely. I, I, I would like them to sell those. Jokes and even blackface. I've he, gone my entire life with it, never doing blackface. Turns yeah. out it's possible. And yes. they, even Delo is like a is like a dumb hype man, but like mm-hmm. who like is just like sort of like come on, yeah, that's right, guys. You, he's gonna get you. He's gonna. Mm-hmm. He's like that like bully, like the sidekick, the lackey yeah. to the bully. Like that's like the all the the things they could easily have done without having to do blackface. <laughs> yeah, like 
uh, uh, X-Pac is unsalvageable. Yeah, Billy Gunn, honestly, also unsalvageable. Unsalvageable. But, like, having... Well, I don't know. Even the joke about Mark Henry's pecs going all the way to his back. That's funny. That's That's good. Also, here's a little inside information for you guys. The thing about eating shit is a allegedly true story. When Mark Henry was signed, people were mad because he got paid a bunch of money for having no wrestling experience, and someone literally put a turd in one of his sandwiches and let him eat it. Oh, as like a hazing thing. So like that was it. Bradshaw. I don't. I don't think. I still to this day don't think anybody ever fessed up it. Because would you want to be the one to fess up that Mark Henry Hell. will snap you in half? Yes. So, but that was very specific when he was talking about like eating shit. Still, so I'd still eat it. Like because it was literally referencing that. Specific, like, is that a legend thing. or is that a true story? Depends who you ask. Yeah. I think the impression I get is it is a true story. That fucking sucks, man. That is the legend, though, and I don't think, and that no one's ever come out and flatly been like that doesn't happen at all. So, um, yeah, okay. So, I mean, uh, we're being very, I guess, flip about the idea of like making fun of Mark Henry's body is better than the blackface, but I guess it's well. Better. But Mark Henry's body is an amazing body. Like <laughs> yeah, Mark Henry, it's notable. Can, Mark Henry can do more things with his body. So than saying I that he do. has pecs that go around his whole chest is like is uh, his to his back is not a fat joke. I think it's a weird body joke for sure. Look, but it, I like, also think it's great. But in 1997 standards, I mean, I would give that a fucking Nobel laureate compared <laughs> yeah, to the rest yes. of this. It is, it is the I know why the cage birth thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yikes, which also in this context feels even worse. <laughs> oh, no. Even worse. That's what I mean. No one is safe. No. Uh, yeah, it's just like this is just so irredeemably bad. And what's funny is I think like people still kind of defend it to this day. Well, Sean Waltman's come out. And says that he 100% regrets it, at least. Yeah, I Sean Waltman Bruce is, Pritchard is has said, he... too, that this is bad. Which X-Pac. 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 And Bruce um, Pritchard, I think I said it was bad, too. But even, like, Godfather has come out and said, like, oh, it was just all in good fun. We were just joking around back then. And so, I don't know how much we can condemn these guys, because obviously well, can, a I, lot of people signed off on it. I can 100% condemn them. Yeah. But I just... Yeah, I don't think Godfather gets to, um, gets to like, yeah, yeah, give them yeah, a pass yeah. on that. But I but I understand what they're saying, as in like I think in today's WWE, particularly the wrestlers of color are very vocal and have like really put their their feet down on on several things, like with Hogan and stuff like that. Like yeah. famously, like folks like Titus O'Neil and the New Day, right. like are very like outspoken and and making sure that WWE like holding them accountable for right. They'll only allow Hogan back in after a few years. Well, people are that's the thing. People were mad when he was brought back in and like made it known back. Stage and on the social media, they were mad, and That's I think good. it, and it's and they held people accountable. And we're seeing all the Jordan Miles T-shirt, and we're seeing like all kinds of things where I think superstars are more or less afraid to speak out. Um, but the impression I get is that the superstars back then, at least, which again doesn't absolve and doesn't make it okay. Uh, were, that was not the same case, but that's the impression that's as history has told it. No, I mean I get it. It's it's their carny roots. It's the idea that listen, I mean look, talking about. Owen's nose in a way that like is just like you know he can't change his nose but like I feel like all of them are just able to they're like look we're all we're all up for up for material we're all grist for the mill yeah so yeah make fun of the fact that I'm black you know like and and like they're okay with it in this way in this weird way where they're just like you know, we take bumps so why not take bumps to my you know to my sure there, to a- my race and my 
whatever. Sure. There's a culture of ribbing, and there's also, like, they're supposed to be fighting. They're supposed to be going after each other. That's supposed to be like, you, sir, are a very handsome and well-prepared opponent, and I am excited for us to face off in competition this right. evening. Like, right. that also is, like, not what they're, they're trying to emulate. But uh, that all being said, I mean, there's it's one thing to, you know— Hey, I've I've got my friends and we're okay. We've like come to an agreement about what we're down to say. Even though who knows, like maybe some of these guys were just like keeping quiet because they're like, this is my fucking job. Yeah, put your head in the fucking toilet. Right. Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. Flush again, sir. Ten yeah. to fifteen more times. So, you know, like there's that. But then besides that, like there's a whole contingent of fans exactly who are watching this and going like, well. Where do I, you know, like, what's my place in this, in this WWF universe? And we, I think that's it. And this is like, you know, part of our remit to like explore this. And I do think it is easier with our 2019 eyes to look back and, and understand the complexity. I'm trying to think of where I personally, I mean, again, I was so very young, uh, so much younger than you. But when this was airing, but like I definitely feel like even watching this as a so ninety eight, so as like a twelve thirteen year old kid, yeah, I was like this. Is, I was like this is wrong. Like I definitely understand this is wrong, but I don't know if I understood just how wrong. Yeah, no, I mean this kind of thing would be look a lot of what we're watching. If you know, I'm watching this twenty years later, or you know twenty. I guess, yeah, 20 years later, mm-hmm. if I had been, if I had turned on WWF at this point when I was my age then, I probably would have been like, totally confirmed my, yeah. you know, what my thought is. Yeah, like, totally. this is all shit and I did a great yeah. job avoiding it. This is the ugliest, worst parts of it. These are, these are, these are things that make me embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. That make me embarrassed to like admit it in, 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 in social situations. And it was the months after this where I really came into my WWE fandom. So I don't know. I have no idea what my reaction would have been if I'm being completely I mean, honest. This is, this is no idea. The best of times, the worst of times. You know what I mean? Like there's some parts of this wrestling that is so bad and egregious and horrible. And there's parts of it that are honestly some of the best storytelling they've ever done. And not this segment, of course, but other stuff, which is why like as a fan, it was hard to be like, this is bad or this is good. Cause the bad is very bad. And some of the good is very good. Uh, and so right. like, even like I, I had a hard time identifying with Austin while it was happening. Cause I, Thought it was kind of sometimes mean spirited and unnecessary, like unnecessarily cruel. Yeah, uh, it's like DX. I like all these guys. I like it much better. Go figure. Um, when they're targeting like the corporate authority figures and not like you know what I mean. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. we had talked about even nation domination in the beginning of being like actually if you examine the gimmick like the initial gimmick now it's a little different from what we're like what we're watching right now but. When they first came out, we're like, these guys sound like heroes. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, oh, they're like representing like yeah. the black athletes and wanting to be treated with respect and dignity and earn title shots like everybody else. It's like, oh, these sound like heroes today. Right. Except that the, it's kind of like the same reason why Dave Chappelle like quit his show where he was just like, yeah, I was saying like I was making the jokes and saying the N word and everybody was laughing at the wrong parts. Yeah. It's like. Whatever the content is and however the content, like, you know, looks uh, to today, the the fact is it was written to be uh, a satire or a sat. I don't know if satire is the word, but a parody or whatever, yeah. um, a, a looking glass version of what real people were saying with with real arguments. It was like, yeah, 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 we deserve there's there's never been a uh there's never been a black person who's been a, a thing. And and the response at the time was probably like, 
you're being silly and this is what silly people and and bullshit people will say and that's why they are bad guys and that's what's fucked up about it. I also feel like for an industry that's built and so um, committed to and, and reticent to let go of its like old school carny roots, like wrestling is like holding on to so much of that culture so much. And so much of that culture is tied up with vaudeville and all of the stuff that you – I'm like, y'all can't play dumb that you don't know what blackface is. Yeah. Like yeah. this is part – like this is in a way part of your culture too as – carnies you know what i mean like as wrestling and sideshow attraction i do feel like those entertainment traveling worlds are there's there's so many parallels there that it's a shared history Um, yeah no i don't i i I doubt that they would i doubt that they would you know even say we don't know what blackface is i think they're just like it was a different time no no yeah yeah but i think they they should understand some of the the historical yeah they should understand like oh it's not offensive because these people are offensive it's like this art form is too generous but this um established history of entertainment is inherently um dehumanizing and hurtful like in any context like the the amount of people who could intelligently pull off successful blackface is so minuscule that believe me it's not you you know what i mean Mm. like that it's not do not attempt (laughs) can i can i tell you a brief uh a brief story of my thanksgiving with my parents is this as bad as my family's history of making the children wear Indian feathers? Oh, wow. Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah. We don't do anything like, um, we don't do any dress up or crafts. Okay. <laughs> no, um, it was, a, it was a, a small a small Thanksgiving dinner. It was just me and my wife, Talia, and my parents. Um, and at one point, my dad just, you know, for conversation was just like, man, I was reading the, like, the old Mickey Mouse comic strips those things are super racist. And Tali and I were both like, why are you reading them? And he goes, because they're funny. And I was like, mm. but, uh, like, he knows they're bad. And like, he's like, look, you, you can't throw it all out. And I was like, or, but maybe you can. Mm. I like, how? Or maybe f- there are better things to, to spend your time with. I right? like to throw this segment out. What's that? I like to throw this segment out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, how fu- how funny could the Mickey Mouse strip be, like, on an objective basis well, that it's worth it? Well, yeah, because, I mean, I, even on the bottom of the screen, it says DX parodies the nation of domination. It doesn't say ridicules. It doesn't say dehumanizes. It doesn't say dresses in fucking blackface. It says a parody. Right. Uh, that's so that they don't get sued by the nation of domination <laughs> for uh Copyright infringement, but let's. Uh, you want to? Yeah. So on that ba- on that on that high note, let's go and talk about this pay per view, which starts with a cold open. I thought it was so weird to the point where I literally kept ch- checking my network and being like, "Wait, did I start this like halfway through the pay per view?" <laughs> I kept very... trying to, re- to to rewind. Me too. I was like, "Get to the beginning." Because only it was a cold, but it was clear they don't they didn't know how to do a cold open, mm-hmm. so it literally started like mid cold open. So that's why it was also. It was like it was the polar plunge of cold opens. What they need is they need the the audience clapping for like the Saturday Night Live cold open. Faded. This, um, but this plays into something I don't think I've ever even talked to you about this, Bobby. Ooh. But I think if we're gonna talk about the closest other pop cultural analogy to professional wrestling, specifically Uh-oh. WWE's brand of professional wrestling, it would be the Muppet Show. Oh, I love this. 
So this wait, are you saying, are you saying that when celebrities really so this, fuck up and they need to pivot, they wind up going to the Muppet Show? Also, no, I'm saying this is Scooter coming in to check on the guest star before the show begins. And so wrestling, to me, okay, so wrestling, when we get down to it, wrestling is not a wrestling show. Wrestling is a show about a wrestling show. Ooh, see, I uh, first of all would literally Aaron spend hundreds of hours talking about that idea and blowing it out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I agree though. I don't, I wish it was more of that, but it's, I, it's well, okay. So, so the idea is you've got a show where you have, think about your, your, your traditional raw. Okay. Okay. I'm, how I'm many, how many matches on raw are scheduled before raw begins? Very few. You have a show where you have like the set order of what is supposed to happen on the show. And I don't think that they go into this enough. I agree with that. But really what you have is like this organized chaos where they're trying to do their best to put together a show with all these chaotic elements and these gonzos and these fozzies and these statlers and waldorfs in the crowd getting in the way of what they're trying to do. I do. I love that idea. I wish they were. I wish that was what they were doing and they were doing it harder. I don't get that from them. But holy shit, would I watch that show? So would that be so much better? Can I make a confession? Yeah. Uh, I need to watch The Muppet Show 30 years later. The fact that The Muppet Show is not on Disney Plus is a crime. That's all. I have so many DVDs of it. If you like, uh, I love The Muppet Show. I like. I I've seen parts. I've never seen sure, sure. entire episodes. The Star Wars Muppet Show episode is canon. It's just a great show that is the perfect mix of like sincerity and flippance and celebrity and art and joy. And yeah, I mean, uh, from what I understand, it, you know, it, teamwork. It definitely like huge. A little bit closer to the adult realm, like uh, you know, in like in um, what was it in the original Saturday Night Live? There was a Muppet, yeah, um, and they eventually got rid of it. But I, I'm pretty sure that kind of led to the Muppet Show becoming a thing because they're like, oh, we should just do this with mm-hmm. Muppets. Um, so I, you know, I get all of that, and like, there's a you know, like it felt like a true like family, a true variety show. Yeah, 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 and and and. It was great. I mean, like, in a lot of ways, the writing was very good. The sketches were very... It was very funny, actual sketch comedy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was... It's very, very good. And I wish they were doing... It's so funny you bring that up, and I won't go into this too much that's outside of our purview, but it did make me think of what I think AEW is doing very well now, where the pay-per-views are these, like, very definitive, like, marking points. NXT does this, too. It's mm-hmm. just the main roster that... The main roster functions in this way where they act, they, they generate all these storylines they feel they have to make up from scratch and then they have to pretend like they just happen to be reaching a climax around a pay-per-view. Instead of having a pay-per-view on the books and being like, now it's the number one contender is. Now we have to decide what happens here and acknowledging they're putting on a show rather than being like, wow, Bruce and Bobby Lashley hate each other so much. Good thing their uh, rivalry is hitting a fever pitch just before this Sunday's TLC. You're mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay. You know, um, I want to. That's funny because that's I, w- I want to put a pin in that for later in this pay per view. Great, because there's there's a point where I was like, what is happening here? And we'll get to that. Yeah, great. And that's the biggest problem with Hell in a Cell. The pay per view is yes. that Hell in a Cell. We've seen now two Hell in a Cell matches, and they're all fucking dope because these rivalries built up to the point where they could no longer be contained by anything else besides the cell. When Even you have, then, they can't really get, be contained by it. <laughs> no. Doesn't but when them. you have the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view coming up in the future, then you know, oh, and I guess they're going to settle this in Hell in a Cell. Exactly. 
Right. And I, I think that's a good point. I mean, I I find I find uh, the 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 analogy really clever, but also it's one of those things where it's kind of like when people like, you know, what is it? Room 237 for The Shining. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, would be great if, if your theory is right, but probably it's not exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I, I although I, I can't speak. From the, from the knowledge of it. I <laughs> But I, I don't feel like it's a show about... I don't really feel like the Raws are like a show about putting on a show because it you don't get that frustration. But and also, I think that's when authority figures are do well and commissioners do well. Otherwise, without it, it's like, who's qual- like where is this coming from? Who's qualified? Like, who had it? Like, who gave the okay that now that you interfered in, now that it's a six-man tag match? Okay, I will amend but, at its best. But I love what you're saying. At its best, I it is a it. show about putting on a wrestling Why don't show? we do that show? Well, let's I mean, just make, let's, let's, that could be our wrestling, our I don't, weekly wrestling I show. I want to talk about this. I, I have some, I have some thoughts on this, but I want to keep it off the mic because it's some idea. It's some idea Damn. that I do not want to be given away for free, Mr. McMahon. Um, uh, so yeah, so the cold, cold open, open, cold open is the mm. king coming in on Sable, who is going to be in a bikini contest later on. Let me tell you all the reasons why I don't like this, and it has nothing to do with boobies because I love boobies. I don't. They're not. Yeah. They're not. We've established this. It's it's show canon. Thank you. That famously, we, famously, <laughs> that all three of us love titties. Yeah, they're great. They're absolutely wonderful. Everything about this opening segment made me angry because I mean, first of all, it's unnecessary. It's the wrong thing to open the show. Like this would have. Why the not? least hype? You thing. can cram this anywhere in the in the show. It seems like the very weird choice to open with. Um, and it forgets all heel alignments. Like, Lawler has historically, despite the fact that Sable is an undeniably gorgeous woman, and Jerry Lawler is undeniably uh, unable to control himself like a horny wolf in a Warner Brothers cartoon around beautiful women, and yet he has hated Sable on commentary for months because she is a good guy and he is a bad guy, and that's what happens. So Jacqueline, you would think that he would be, like, thoroughly team Jacqueline and uninterested in Sable. And I would also think that Sable would be like, you're a dirty pervert. I'm not showing you my tits. So what about – it feels like everyone was replaced with body snatchers. That is insightful analysis. Was he – so I I know – I remember – Thank you. I want you to say that every time I contribute something. No, that's super insightful. I I didn't think of it that way. I just was like, this is some horny-ass bullshit. But, like – That is insightful analysis, Eric. I like that as well. Um, no, but like, so he, even in, in, in the Raws leading up to this, he was still kind of not in Sable's camp. I know he wasn't in Sable's camp back around the time of like, mm, Sonny and Sable, maybe. And versus Luna even. Oh, really? He was yes. in, yeah. I, I, I remember this, yeah. but I wasn't sure if he had amended it at any point leading up. I don't up. think so. I I didn't rewatch all the Raws leading up to this. Uh, I, but even throughout this, he's just. I not... mean, during all these segments, I kind of zoned out to be completely yeah, it honest. Doesn't... There's a lot of a lot of skank and hoe back and forth between Jacqueline and uh, and Sable. Also, let it be known, and we'll talk more about it later. But I fucking love Jacqueline. And I can't even talk about this later. Okay, gone. <laughs> well, then let's get to the opening. Of oh right, this so first God, we are forty minutes in. <laughs> right, but a lot of it was we also watched things. We watched things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we're yeah. okay. Oh my God, we're thirty minutes in. Yeah, truly. So the opening is about a lot of questions that weren't really explicitly built upon in the build for this that I think would have um, really helped the Raws leading up to this a little bit more, giving it a little bit more direction. But the storylines that are coming into this, a lot of good stuff is happening with the four people in the main event. 
I mean, I wrote, I don't know the answers to any of these questions. <laughs> and they just kept asking me questions. I felt like I was being interrogated. Like, there was, a, like, a hot lamp on, my, on me. And I was like, I don't know. At the end, they actually even say the questions themselves will become the answers, which I believe is a Mighty Mighty Boston's album. Uh, wow. No, I thought it was the, will the answers themselves become questions? It was, and I just wrote deep. Because, like... <laughs> I don't know, man. What does that even mean? Also, what a hard pivot from like, ooh, ditties, to like, <laughs> the questions will become the answers. Right. That, like, what? Wait, uh, the, you mean the, the backlit uh, dressing screen that we all keep in our dressing room like so that we can get a fully I believe that silhouette. Bobby and Nathan have that in their apartment. No, we don't. Okay. We don't. We don't. We don't. I would. But we don't. Yeah, it's it, your your Google Home uh, sets up a spotlight. Yeah, I was like, first of all, if, if if I had like a screen like that in my apartment, if you think I wouldn't have like a ton of Instagram live videos, like you're very wrong. I would just picture your erect penis going up behind. Oh yeah, I mean, I'd be all over the grinder with that shit. Um, going into the signs. Mm, a lot of signs. A lot of signs about trust, mm-hmm. and I didn't understand what what was going on. It felt like a like a Billy Joel song. <laughs> I was like, why? What? Why is everyone focused on trust? Hey, right Undertaker, now? tell her about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been a matter of trust. Oh, that one. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, Undertaker's a real uptown girl, huh? <laughs> Smoking cigarettes in his uptown, in his underworld. We'll work on that. Stephen the Tanger had had it already by the summer of 75. (laughs) Face full of red. (laughs) I'm going to write this whole song and we're going to record it for the Patreon. Well, yeah, yeah. Watch the space, y'all. Oh my god. So should we go to the first match? For fuck's sake. Which features Val Venus versus Jeff Jarrett. And just to let you all know, we're going to have to do another one of our dives into a Raw segment next time. Because Val Venus is feuding with Kai and Ty right now and say nothing else, Bobby. Don't worry. I I am fully gaped and Oh no. Oh no, Eric. You have no idea where we're going with it. Don't even think about it. It's not even worth it. Let it wash over you when it happens. Okay, good. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to incriminate myself if I try to even guess at how yeah, racist stop. he is. Yeah, so stop. Don't um, even bother. I noticed that Venus is spelled like penis it with is. a Z. Well, 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 Eric, yeah, I, I want to know. So this is our first and, and definitely your first um, exposure to Val Venus, who is the... <laughs> exposure. <laughs> who is the porn star wrestler. What do you think about him just coming in cold? Uh, well, he must have been cold. He was only wearing a towel. <laughs> I forgot that you talked about Val Venus in previous episodes because I hadn't edited them yet. And I was like, uh, what's this guy's deal? Why is he coming in a towel? And then what was going on with the reveal? Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, I just, I wasn't really sure what was going on with him in, in the sense of like, I don't, I don't know why this is like a, a good angle or a fun angle. Valvinus is fucking great. Valvinus is fucking great. He's a legitimately good wrestler, which we'll talk about more in a second. But the character is he's this porn star. And the best thing and about I just, it... I, sorry, no. It's okay. The best part about it is he is could pull up porn star because he's hot as fuck. And I ripped my dick raw to this guy. But what's really love about it is they capitalize on the best... They make the best of a porn gimmick by focusing not on the sexuality of porn, but the pun nature of porn. Like, that is, that's actually the gimmick. It's not like he's so fucking full of cum. It's the idea that 
he this uses all that like porny pun title kind of humor mm. nonstop in promos and all of his vignettes, and it is actually like the perfect intersection of WWE's naturally not trying to be shitty humor with porn's not trying to be shitty humor and somehow making it seem like you're doing both on purpose. Okay. Okay, I like that. I just love to imagine the like kayfabe his path to the WWF. Like I was, I was a porn star. Like I kept my body in like pristine condition, and then like I went as far as I could within the porn world. And so, you know what? I need to take a more mainstream audience and move in there. Does he forget that he's in the WWF sometime and just sometimes try to like fuck the other wrestlers? Hundred percent. Because you know he was gay for pay. He is basically Johnny Cage from Mortal Kombat who took another path. You know what I mean? (laughs) I was wondering if, like, at one point he accidentally Irish whipped, like, one of his sexual partners and was like, wait a minute. (laughs) This is all I know. (laughs) He is legitimately hot. So hot that I had broken my long hair rule for the first time. But I was like, this guy's great. Thank God. Thank God you did. Uh, I know that, you know, I I assume in in a previous promo... There was something going on where Valvinus had said he'd been with uh, Yamaguchi-san's wife. Oh, not just said he was with Yamaguchi-san's wife. He did a porn with her? There was a video where she is in bed with him. We're going to get into all of that next month, though. Let's just focus on what we got right now. Okay. Um, But what we got here is Yamaguchi-san on commentary that was, like, my eyes are bleeding. Just, like, thinking about suffering through added nothing to anything added nothing made jokes that made no sense you americans are obsessed with size look at the titanic a ship not from america not built in america i don't <laughs> never even made it to america actually make it to america was on its way for it <laughs> yeah it was on its way but i mean like i wouldn't use that as the example maybe he was looking maybe he was he talking was like, about look at the titanic the movie which was well, I, mean, like, I guess movie. i figured because it was such a hot topic but like man he was like but he just even tried to present to connect the dots for us he was just like think of titanic by the way, can we can we just what? talk about I'm so like how glad we are that uh, that men finally got a movie that was for them <laughs> with Saving Private Ryan? Like, thank God! Like, just just having having that gap in the culture for for eight weeks. And so we haven't even really talked about Val's opponent for this, who is Jeff Jarrett, who's flanked as always by Tennessee Lee. But Eric, did you recognize the other two people that were with him? Southern Justice, reporting for duty. Uh, no, I didn't recognize them. Who so, are they? Southern Justice is the Godwins who have gotten a Steven Seagal out for justice wait, glow up. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look it up. What the fuck? <laughs> Southern Justice. They, first of all, who paid for their chains? They um somehow are less wet but somehow more greasy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like, they yeah, just yeah. rub themselves down in lard. It, you know what it is? Wet. It's like the plastic containers I use for my food when I, like, get them from the cupboard. I'm like, I I, I know I washed you, but why is it that, like, when I rub <laughs> like my finger film. along, it's, there's this, yeah, nasty-ass film. The Hogwins got a kind of sweat you can't get off. Did you say the Hogwins? <laughs> yeah. Because we're, Ooh. that is, that is, uh. That's a t-shirt. Yes. The hog wins. That so, is... But I want them dressed like Southern... Ju- I want pigs dressed like Southern Justice. <laughs> like they're wearing the suits with the chains. 
Um, I also want to take a moment to acknowledge Jeff Jarrett's ring gear at this time. I think it's an important step in the evolution of his ring gear that we're going to continue to see. It's not the same. It's the it's same. It's the ring same, gear. but keep in mind this is more of like a silvery, mo- like a silver metal metallic. Yeah, yeah, like reflective. a like a um, less like, like someone thought the spacesuits were built out of exactly like more of like a foily and the no. mylar, less of the white. Bobby, the listen to print. our old episodes. I definitely brought that up in a previous episode. The last one I remember was him wearing the white with the star spangle with like the star shinies on them. No, no. We talked about the 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 um the the, the illusion, the optical illusion of his. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's wearing the same setup, but it's the but the I'm talking about the material. I'm telling you, I said Not this before. The, was he, he wore the silver? He I, wore the silver. Before. I was thinking. I only remember the white ones from when he was fighting. And because you brought that up, I didn't have a chance to say that that uh, Southern Justice was the outfit inspiration for Eastbound and Down. Ooh, wow. love that. So uh, every time I hear. The music for Jeff Jarrett. Bow, 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 bow. There's no bigger womp womp in my head. It's just like, well, I mean, it's the same thing that we thought every time we saw the Godwins before. No, because the Godwins are. I mean, yes, but yes, I agree. But the Godwins, at least that music is like objectively, you can say that music's a little bit more up tempo. Yeah, the, I, I could. I get much more hype thinking of the Godwin song than there's like. The, no, no, no! You're you're making it even more up tempo than it than it is. No, it's a it's a little bit like. No, it's it's a little bit like. It's like it's like uh, you expect at the end of the no, movie. No, theirs was and mine was. No, here's this is this is where this the music for Jeff Jarrett belongs. It's the the second act of Doc Hollywood where like the old sheriff comes over at the dance and it, and it's a little it, it, it they suddenly start doing a little bit of like a waltz and they're like uh, pardon me miss would you would you please have a dance with me I will tell you where this music belongs it belongs playing from the speakers as an animatronic robot band like <laughs> it is definitely like, at like the country fair jamboree yes. yes that's what it is I thought the country fair jamboree was a little bit a little bit faster well, you know, you have a, a bunch of different songs in there. Like you have Big Al's "There's Blood on," you, and then you have like the, the girl saddle. ballad that comes down on the swing, like Moulin Rouge style. Is this a Disney World thing? <laughs> yes, it is. Nah, never went. Oh. We're going, guys. Guys, we're gonna make a pact. We're gonna go in the next two years because we got to go to Star Wars World and we got to go to Harry Potter. Land. Also, you guys know what uh, Patreon. Happens. You guys know what happens to me when I go to Florida. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. It's for a Patreon. Will you be on Grinder in <laughs> Galaxy's Edge? I, I in the Country Bear Jamboree. I'm like I, I'm into bears. I'm having my own Country Bear Jamboree. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Fuck World is part of the parks at Disney World. Okay, you're gonna ride on Fuck it. Mountain. And then we're gonna go. Like, oh God, what are they spraying on me? Um, you will get wet, <laughs> <laughs> and and thus bringing it back to Valvinus. Uh, and this match is actually kind of good. I like this match. Eric? I don't think it was great, uh, but I don't think it was bad. Yeah, at all. I thought it was fine. I thought it was a competitive, fun match with some exciting near falls. I thought it was a good match. This is my favorite match I think I've seen Jeff Jarrett have and that we've rewatched. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so far, and I thought Valvinus. I th- think it's a really good introduction of Valvinus to the pay-per-view audience. And we have Valvinus for a while, but I'm just going to throw this out there now, and I'm sure forget and repeat it on several episodes. Um, so just get ready for that. Um, Valvinus does no longer wrestles, but he does run. I believe he runs currently a uh, 
medical mar- a marijuana dispensary. Oh, love it in like um San- in like uh, New Mexico or or uh, Arizona. Here's my here's gonna here's my new attitude, Bobby, on like the information you provide that you provide in multiple episodes as we go. It's a little bit like in Pokemon Go, where where you have to mash the button to fulfill your energy attack. Like you haven't. We haven't quite gotten the point of like that he runs a medical dispensary, but when you like do it eighteen more times, we'll finally get the fulfill, and then we have to like hey, we have to move our finger around on the screen to maximize the effect of that of information. It's a lot of episodes and a lot that I can't. It's hard to keep. Track. I'm <laughs> also really excited to see what Bobby's Pokemon evolution would be. <laughs> oh, it's definitely Squirtle. <laughs> Bobby is is whatever comes before Squirtle. Squirtle's, Squirtle's the lowest. Wind. That's what I'm saying. Oh. oh. Guys, I got that. I feel like I should be insulted. <laughs> Sorry, man. Your CP is low. I was thinking it's more like the guy that gives you missions, and if you haven't completed the missions yet, he just has to start the whole story over again in Pokemon <laughs> Go, or he's like, Team Rocket's taking over. We've got to go look at all the things. And I'm like, I know! <laughs> okay. Um, can we talk about the part where uh, we check in with King about Sable and and her thing, and, he, and they go... Like, they're talking about, like, what was she wearing? Well, what wasn't she wearing is a better question. <laughs> is that a better question? <laughs> because one might say that the, the, the larger answer that could lead to more questions is everything. She's that... not wearing a caftan. She's not wearing an overall. <laughs> right. She's not wearing a jumpsuit. She's, she's not, not wearing <laughs> Southern Justice's outfit. She's not wearing the Hogwinds outfit. She's not wearing Jeff Jarrett's weird optical illusion top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she... Although what she is wearing when she does finally come up, I know we'll get to it later, but dear God. She's not wearing blackface. She is wearing black tits, but we will get to that later, wow. but she is not wearing blackface. Like, that is... There's a lot of... There's a long list. Yeah. I'd say narrow it down to, yes, what is she wearing? The the answer is a thong. That's it. And paint. Uh, Jerry Lawler, I assume, has seen tits before. I'm assuming. I don't know, man. He seems to be, like, really into them. So I can't imagine this was his first pair. But is he into them in a way where he's just like, oh, yeah, it's man. That, it's that Monty Python sketch, the wick, wick, nudge, nudge right. one, where at the end it's like, you have had sex with a lady. What's it like? <laughs> and then we had another, I think, good match here with D'Lo Brown versus X-Pac. D'Lo has come into his own. I have, first I have a question, a style question. Mm-hmm. What is the proper style for D'Lo's name? Is it D apostrophe L-O? Is it D dash L-O? Is it uppercase D dash uppercase L-O? Is it... I think it's the third. No, I think it's the first. But I have seen it all three ways. Um, So I'm actually not sure. (laughs) Oh, Farouk? Yeah, they're pretty bad about this. I do think it is D apostrophe, capital D apostrophe, capital L-O Brown. Okay. Uh, I but, just need to know that for uh, filling in. Hmm. I do think I, I, I haven't checked, but that is how. If I was going to write it before you said that, it, I've definitely seen it all three ways. And I'm about to make a bold statement I love here. This. <laughs> I think that D'Lo Brown is the most important European champion ever. Not the most important wrestler who was ever European God. champion. Who did the most for the title? But the most important European champion ever. Interesting. Um, I don't know. I agree. Uh, but we haven't gotten we haven't gotten to the points yeah. where it would matter. We'll yet, keep going but... through that. But I just I'm gonna make that statement now. I will see if my opinion on this changes as yeah, we go. Let's check. But in my mind, 
I associate the European Championship the most with D'Lo Brown and vice versa. Associate him with the European Championship. I, I think that's valid. I think that's that, – I definitely there's, – there's validity to that. I think D'Lo Brown is one of the most unsung, like, great wrestlers of, for a very long time. And there's some reasons for that we'll talk about at a later date. But um, this match is very, very – I thought, good. I think he is great. My favorite part of this match is after X-Pac did a series of, like, very cruiserweighty – arm drags and flipping around and stuff. You see D'Lo mouth the words. This may not be exact because I'm not a lip reader, but he does say something to the effect of, okay, motherfucker, you want to do that flippy shit? Let's go. And I was <laughs> like, yes! Yes! I was like, get her! Listen, just like, just like with the the Muppet Show thing, I hope you're right. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, almost, I'm 90% right. Because like he might have said, like, okay, motherfucker, you're doing all that flipping. Like it was, But this was essentially what he said. More or less, for Flippy sure. Flippy shit is Bobby's jam. But I, fl- I love Flippy shit. But this was very good. I, I you go back, it's, it, it's a tight, it's tight in his face, and it isn't like, okay, motherfucker, you want that Flippy shit? Let's go. And I was like, yes! it felt like a RuPaul's Drag Race fight about to happen. I ah. was so here for it. By the way, uh, Aaron, as, as you know. With your analysis, I just want to say that was very insightful analysis about the European title. Thank you, Eric. I have nothing to weigh in on it because I don't know anything. Nope. It's just something I wanted to put out there, and we'll check in as we go. Uh, don't have a lot on this match. I think this was the match. I'm sorry. My notes on this are not great because there was one match that I noticed. I think it was this one. It was definitely a D- there's so many Because there's so many DX Nation stuff, this pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was... I, I think it was this match, but there's a point where they're outside of the ring by the commentary tables. I can see it clear as day in my mind. And there's a bunch of children who are like by uh, right yelling. against the gate. They're yelling at them. And they're like doing the suck it, but they're like six. <laughs> I was like, yeah. this is in a way also very upsetting. I guess um, the things that I noticed, first of all, uh, X-Pac's music was not the standard to Generation X music. No, and they're kind of doing that for Triple H and X-Pac, kind of giving them their That's own. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Stop playing that well, fucking and, music. And the Outlaws over. have their own. Well, the, uh, the, I know the Outlaws have their yeah, own. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're, they're, they're doing that. But Xbox is very similar. Yeah. I think it's, it's the same band. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it starts with that, that starts it, you're like, you can't tell me what to wear. I, I was like, you, this is gross. Um, I also, a lot of the stuff I had was about the commentary at the time. Um, I was just like, "Hey, is Sable hot?" I was <laughs> not sure. Uh, just th- that's what that's what the king brings to most of this pay per view. Is oh, you guys, you're, you're never gonna believe this, you guys. I saw Sable. She's real hot. She looks real good. But it's like, it's very... like the oh, go ahead. It's like the kid who, like the first kid in your your class that gets a, a Playboy, and just like can't wait till I show you that Playboy later on today, guys. Guys, you're not gonna believe what you see in this Playboy. You know, it's, it reminds me of the time I was looking at the Playboy that I have. Um, it's almost kind of a funny story. <laughs> uh, I also What's weird is I did not have friends like that. I, that, that this, this, <laughs> you guys said this, and it's like, oh, that experience we all have when the one boy has a Playboy, and we're all interested in seeing it, and they keep holding it. Up. And I was like, I. Well, you had the friends this. who were like, show me your dick. Show me your dick now. Oh, I mean, that's what I was secretly hoping yeah. in my head, but no. no but it's like, didn't say for fear like of, a, like, It's like the one friend fire. who was like, you know, I got that Nintendo Power, and I was like, you know, when I was, um, <laughs> when I was finding Zelda. <laughs> um, oh, anything else you want to say here? Yeah, uh, yeah, there was the commentary uh, where I think it was JR talking about the intelligence of the nation. Oh. Had, a, had some real so well-spoken energy. Yeah. <gasps> Right? Like, it was just like, oh, and, you know, D-Lo. They're so articulate. D- D- yeah, Delo's a CPA. They're all college graduates. And I was like, guys, 
you have to stop Although, this. D'Lo Brown being a CPA is one of my favorite factoids, I know, and I, I hope they bring it up yes. every single Returns match. of the Max. You're in luck. <laughs> Uh, but, oh, oh, sorry. What were you trying to get into? No, I, I was going to wrap it up. If, oh, if you're... Uh, and then the other thing is, I also just want to put out there that out of these two guys, the person I would expect to pull a moonsault would be X-Pac, mm-hmm. even though I've seen D-Lo do it. But man, fucking D-Lo, the fat guys always bring the the awesome moonsaults. Mm-hmm. D-Lo's awesome. And then he's got the added chest protector and all of the drama and intrigue that comes from Because it like ups the stakes. Because yeah. if he hits it, it hits twice as hard and he misses it, it hurts him more somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't really get the physics, but I understand that we're all but agreeing. But that's, that's yes, true. that is what we've agreed is, yeah. is what's We all going understand on here. in this universe, that's what happens. It's got it's got daggers on the inside. <laughs> it's like a, what's that thing? It's a rumble strip. <laughs> but, but what's that, the, the sarcophagus with the spikes in the, the uh, closet? Iron Maiden. Maiden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, so ends with uh, D'Lo's new finisher, the Sky High, Love which it. is um, a jumping powerbomb. Um, looks... I would call it a pop-up seated powerbomb. Sure. That, that's what I would call it. Okay. okay. I'll take that. But it looks dope. It's a fucking great move. It's funny, I missed the part where Godfather stepped in, so I was like, oh, I guess this is just a push for D'Lo, but then I was like, oh, it's shenanigans. It's so... But not complete shenanigans, because X-Pac... Uh, recovers really well from the godfather's attack and and it's because he decided he was going to fight the godfather and turned his back on delo that allowed delo the opportunity to win this put, this is putting delo over for yeah, sure as good, like good. As, as like a real threat but it was kind of dumb then why not have the stakes of the european championship on here because if they were just going to have delo win then it could have just added a little bit more prestige to right. this match we're not this is not a uh, european championship <laughs> why well, good thing they're saving their their this non uh, championship title match for a pay per view for a fucking pay per view. Yeah, yep. Which I, again, it's only I'm, I'm I'm fulfilling my energy bar to get to the, my bigger point about this. Can't wait. Pressing those Pokemon attacks. Mm-hmm. Well, is your next point about uh, Edge being a total creeper, just like hanging <laughs> out in the audience? I forgot how insane and lame Edge was. So dumb. So but dumb. I, I, I was. I mean, like this was so my shit. I mean, you guys know my whole hot topic history. Yeah. And so out shows up this guy in this fucking patent leather Matrix jacket, stupid sunglasses, and I'm like, I'm in. I'm fully in. What are we doing? I'm here. What do we need to do? <laughs> Tell me. He looks Give a little bit. He looks a little bit like uh, Ron Perlman in the Beauty and the Beast. TV show. Yes. <laughs> He's just like looking from afar. Like. Yes. And I, I was not sexually attracted to Edge at all because his hair is too, too long, long to get over. There's like no coming back from that for me. But... Oh, you mean Too Long Edge? <laughs> <laughs> also, what a dumb name. The whole time I was like, Edge? Like the guy from... Even as a kid, I was like, like the guy from U2? Like it was... It's only... It's I'm because so... it's because he would jerk off but like never quite finish. Oh my... Funny... Well, okay. We'll that talk. Was... We'll talk. <laughs> what were you going to say? I'm surprised that young Bobby knew the band U2. Oh, I mean, I've always been a pop culture. I mean, like, this I've always like, been pop culture savvy. This is like Zuropa time, I think. Yeah, I had. Right? Oh, here's the thing. I had no friends growing up. So all I did was, like, watch MTV since I was seven. <laughs> so I, yeah. It's pop era, but yeah. Oh, is it pop? Oh. Um, was it pop? I thought it, pop came out when I was in college. Yeah, you. this was right before you went to college. Yeah, but I thought pop came out when I was in sophomore year. This anyway. Is, this is. If it's not pop era, then it's right before pop well, era. Because Aaron, I definitely saw you two on the Pop Mart tour right around here. They do say the memory is the first to go with age. <laughs> well, was this at the HF Festival, you fucking privileged asshole? No. 
No, he'll never listen to it, so I can say this. My stepdad got me tickets to U2 for my my birthday. Did you have to go out and buy every album? No. <laughs> to prove you were a fan? <laughs> no, but... But it you was were like Octong baby, let's do this. But it you was, too. It was me and him going to the concert together, like the two of us, and he insisted we left before the encore so that we could beat Be the traffic. It's such a dad thing. That is a dad thing. And then they did hold me, throw me, kiss me, kill me, and I could hear it like from the parking lot. I was like, oh, this guess it was a good show anyway. I mean, wow. I still kind of like that song. It's a great yeah, song. I don't, know if, yeah. I don't know if I consider it an encore song, but it's a very good the song. The Batman Forever soundtrack slaps. Oh, yeah. It's really, really slaps. good. Slaps. Well, I mean, obviously, da, da, da. one of the best, but also, like, P.J. Harvey's on it. Like, it's an insanely yeah. Yeah. good. Yeah. Method Man, The Flaming yeah. Lips. The it's Riddler. A really right. fucking good soundtrack. All right. Anyway. Also really good. Let's... Okay, guys, let's stop with this. Let's let's bring let's bring it let's bring, bring it, it back. Little, huh? We're at let's bring it. Let's bring it back to the WWF.com desk, what which the idea on? of streaming video in 1998 made me LOL. So everything about this is so funny to me. And at first, I was like, "This is not my AOL segment." That I was like, "Honestly, this is better." I'm honestly, I'm glad this is here. Who is that with Kevin Kelly? What do you mean? Who is the the guy in? The- oh, that is um, I believe Tom Pritchard. Uh, it's up Pritchard. I, mm-hmm. It's not Bruce. Do you know who he looked like? Do you remember the guy on Ink Master who is like, kind of like old but tried to look young? Yep, I know exactly who you're talking I about. He don't won. Know who you're talking about? Did he win? And he won Ink Master. I don't know. He didn't know. He got out. He was like he was like one of the um he was like the like one of the, he was like in the asshole like was it like Saint Mark or something? Ugh. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well Saint Mark was the one who had the list and he would call himself I'm a tattooist. I was thinking of uh I was thinking of Steve Teft. Let me see. God, I hate that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he won. He won. Yeah, maybe I maybe it was on Ink Master All Stars or something where he didn't win. That's old patch. Yeah, be that that's who that guy looks like. <laughs> um, but yes, this is a Pritchard brother, uh, one of the Pritchards. So Bruce Pritchard is famously like a Booker and producer, and was sure. brother love. And so it's not him, but it's another Pritchard. I think it's Tom Pritchard who. But anyway, this is the least interesting yeah. thing yeah, about this. It's a Pritchard. This dumb First dumb of all, segment. Oh my god! Thank God we're on. Taker watch like he's not he's not here yet he's never late and you're like he's a ghost <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking what are you gonna do Dacus Bay what the fuck is this <laughs> all the all the cars are are like all the cars are backed up on the drive through they're like Taker's not here for his shift also what are we gonna do are we gonna call the police we need a wellness check on the Undertaker <laughs> I don't know. The dead man might really be dead this time. Do you think Undertaker was in his one-bedroom apartment trying to put, like, do the Heimlich maneuver on a chair so he could spit out the piece of like hungry man meal that he was? Is the Undertaker's cat currently eating his face after he choked to death on a on a meal for one? Like, what kind of? No, after he choked to life. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, what are the rules? What was he just? If he's not here, where else in State College, Pennsylvania, is he right now? Fresno, California, but like, joke still oh. stands. Oh, right, because I was the raw. I was like, you know what I mean. Okay. Man, he's a ghost. <laughs> he's so late. 
Maybe he didn't get his period yet. They're like, Undertaker hasn't clocked in yet. You're like, what? Undertaker has a time card? What are we doing? I still think Undertaker was pregnant and was like, what are we going to do? Am I, I going to have to keep this baby? <laughs> uh, yeah, we get, we're on, we're on Taker watch. And it, I, I get building the tension of like, because the story they're telling is where does the Undertaker's loyalties lie? He's shown some flashes of like, you know, over this like years long story you've seen with Kane, he's he's mul- multiple times like been reticent to uh, get violent with his own brother. So there's like this thing simmering as we know that we're heading to SummerSlam with Austin and Undertaker. Is Undertaker someone we can trust? But it just kind of reminds me back of uh, the last pay-per-view with Austin will be facing grave, or or a few pay-per-views ago, Austin's going to be facing grave consequences and then nothing pays off from that storyline. Well, this is so cheesy to me because it's like, well, just to show you how serious it is, we pulled up the Undertaker's HR record. Let me tell you, he has perfect attendance. (laughs) (laughs) What? I don't, shut up. Like, that just seems like so unnecessary. They could just be like, he's not here. Leave it at that. I'm tense enough. Okay. But the fact that he, usually gets here 20 minutes early he warms up yeah his, his teeth are brushed he shows up ready to go like, it seems so crazy that he went so hard into like what a fucking upstanding citizen he is that it was like you're honestly killing the magic <laughs> right he yeah he is the you're making him sound like a square he's the demon of the underworld and he is just he's just got a very good work ethic yeah, he takes his vitamins he's here and it's like we volunteers it's like a very weird thing <laughs> Undertaker has a lot of rules, but number one is if you're on time, then you're early. Or if you're if you're early, then you're on time. Uh, he also, but you know what? He's got if a really good work life balance. Like when he's off the clock, the phone is like face down. Let me tell you, Undertaker is a paragon of self care. Yeah, he will not answer an email off hours. At five oh one, it's time to go home. Take care. Well, he always takes midnight for himself. It's the witching hour. He wants to. <laughs> And then we had a match with absolutely no build at all on the the Raws leading up to well, this. Well, that's not true. They do give it a little build before the match for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> and they're like, wait, what? Every, like, literally everyone's like, wait, what? Did anyone prepare for this? No, 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 no. no. Tell, tell, tell what happens. So first. beforehand, it, we're about to see... Um, you Broken know, Scorpio. Something that's always very sad, which is when family fights between family. So we're going to see uh, Bradshaw and Terry Funk take on Farouk and Scorpio, a.k.a. Flash Funk, uh, obviously disavowing the Funk name and upsetting his brother, Terry Funk. <laughs> yeah, brother against brother. But, I mean, and also, but Terry, so, Terry Funk and Scorpio had been tagging together for a while here, and no real mention of the end of that. Just an insane thing. Brad shows with Terry Funk before talking to, I believe, Kevin Kelly. Uh, leading into the match, they're talking, and Terry Funk goes, "Oh, also, this is my last match. I don't know, maybe for six months or something." Like, yeah, apropos of nothing. And Bradshaw's like, "Wait, what?" Like Bradshaw acting like, "My partner, you let me down. Like, what? How'd you not tell me this is we're on live TV? Like, that's the story they're telling. What weird stakes? Like, this is my last match for half a year." Like, yep. not like this is my last match ever. I'm going out on top. I do feel like Terry Funk is a walking CTE, and so I do think that, like, I'm sure he pitched this, and everyone was like, hey, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, also the fact that Bradshaw is angry that a 54-year-old man wants to take some time off is yeah. insane as well. You said we'd go forever. This was also the guy who was wearing stockings on a head, like, a week ago. Like, so, like, honestly, like, what is anything is anything. You know what I mean? Up is down, left is right, chainsaw is Charlie. What are we doing, you know? It, it, it truly made no sense to me like the just like 
it was the the cheapest angle just to be like, you betrayed me by announcing your semi-retirement for X amount of time. But also it's true. Yeah. Also, Terry Funk was like, I need to take some time off. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm done. I need, I, I need some time. Like, literally everything he said was true, but Brad Schwartz's reaction was manufactured. But And Terry Funk won't be seen in a WWE ring again until 2006. Um, I have to... He's going back to ECW and WCW for a little while before he comes back to WWE. Oh. Oh, and I gotta say, at at this point, we're three for three for like solid matches that I've enjoyed. At this point, this one gets a little sloppy at sure. the end, but uh, but I enjoyed the match leading up to it. I not only did I enjoy the match, I thought there were some actually some great spots in the match. I thought Scorpio crushed it. I think it's we even forget because Flash Funk is so fucking goofy, but like Scorpio is not a small man, and Scorpio yeah. is doing. It's a lot of small man moves in big ways. And I think it is fun to watch him really fucking go for it. Farouk, I think, really goes for it. Does some good shoulder tackle stuff. Like, has some nice spots in it. Uh, I mean, obviously, Terry, uh, Terry Funk is, you know, obviously at the top of his game, but he's keeping up. And I think Bradshaw's a beast just, like, waiting for the right opportunity. And so they put on a fun little short, silly match. I really liked the um, the power slam when Bradshaw jumped off the top rope and Farouk caught him. To fucking yeah. catch Bradshaw in a power slam? Like, that is something. So these four guys went out there and they made something out of literally nothing. Yeah. And I also thought, like, you know, even after the match, I thought... Scorpio took a pretty good bump when, like, took a fantastic bump, right? When, when, um, it was uh, hilarious. Yeah, it was the um, it was uh, Bradshaw who like was doing. He did he do like a like a clothesline or something? It was yeah, it was called hilarious. Yeah, I I I actually, I actually, I don't know the difference between hilarious and a clothesline offhand, but let's continue that. I feel like it's in the way it's taken almost. I, I feel know. like maybe, it's in the maybe. giver. I feel like if it's, I think maybe clotheslines you don't I fall think, forward and lariats you do fall forward with it. I, I honestly, I'll look it up and I will, I will find out. But yeah, I don't know. My guess is that a clothesline is kind of like a, a down where a lariat is more of an up where they flip kind of end the run. But like it was, it was funny watching that bump because you know, like it's very. I think I feel like it's very often for me that I will see a bump like that. And not think too hard about it and mm-hmm. just be like, oh, okay, that person got knocked. But for some reason, the way that bump was done, and, and if you haven't watched it, it's, uh, it's you know, he gets he gets hit by, uh, uh, Scorpio gets hit by Bradshaw's arm and flips backwards, basically. Basically, right? if you've seen, this is a bump you've seen before in modern times a lot. And every time it does, the commenter will always say, he turned him inside out. You guys know who watch. If you guys watch wrestling, you know because you've heard that phrase "turned him inside out," and you know what that means, which is that the person receiving it jumped and did some kind of flip before he landed. Like that's because it was so powerful, it knocked him inside. But like out. it, it the, that's that's what the that's practically what's happening. But yeah, yeah. in the illusion, it's that a person got hit so bad right. that they flipped backwards. Totally, he got knocked. Fully backwards for a, for a spin. And we see them a lot. Like, Ricochet does it constantly because he's a little guy so when he's bumping. But it's not something we... Especially from the stuff we're watching, it did not happen nearly as frequently. So right. it stands out. And, and, and Yeah, and I think, like, you know, probably... I've seen Ricochet before, and I've, I've probably seen this, but for whatever reason, it was one of those times where it clicked, and I was like, oh, like, there's absolutely no physical way that I could take a bump like that. Like, I, I don't have... Anything close to the athletic prowess. Yeah, you can't do you a standing. Can't do a flip. You can't do a standing backflip. Uh, as we've established, it's canon. I do only <laughs> forward flips. But like, just uh, 
amazing, you know, like to fucking sell it that way. Uh, and I like yeah. Bradshaw's tantrum at the end as, as a bit of character work. I know we're still a while away from a good character for Bradshaw. We're getting closer. closer than you think. Yeah. But yeah. Man, There's smart some face. Getting closer. And my from <laughs> the also by the way, uh listeners and, and Eric and Aaron, clothesline happens when uh they run into your arm, like you Irish whip them and hold out your arm, then they hit it. Oh, the lariat's when you're running. The lariat is you're running. Okay. Them. The arm is moving forward. Yeah, Asked and answered. Um, I... This makes sense if you think about it. I also want to just note, I really hate Scorpio's hair. Oh, like, I don't know what, yeah. Okay. Actually, a lot of, like, I don't understand what... Ever, I, all four of these guys are, like, in weird in-between gimmicks that make no sense. Like, Bratcher's still wearing his blackjack tights. Like, nothing makes sense. Like, and Farouk, yeah. like, Farouk is like, what's his deal? Like, who knows? Like, everyone's making very weird character choices in this match. There were a lot of receding hairlines that didn't have to be that way. Well, they could put Farouk's helmet back on him if you'd, like, if you'd, <laughs> if you'd prefer that. Um, just the, just, I was trying to imagine, so, like, uh, Scorpio's hair looked a little bit like um when they do the the like the kung fu movies with the monks where they're yeah a little shaolin yeah like a shaolin thing where the hair is like it's almost like shaved back and it's pulled into this like tight thick braid in the back and i was just like i spent i was spending a lot of time at the match wondering what the hair looks like out of the braid and just like kind of in horror at like what it could possibly look like I don't know, man. He like in a lot of those cases, I just say like go the Baron Corbin route, like just yeah. just shave. But Baron Corbin's whole thing when he said he did it's like for a lot of these things, you have to get a lot of permission to change your look in a significant way. Like, they can't just like show up to work one day bald. Yeah, you know, you have to get like approvals because there's video games and licenses and action figures and T-shirts and so they can't. That's why Baron Corbin's like, yeah, I know my hair looks like shit, you guys. I can't change it. I know it looks bad. I know it looks bad. Like, I mean, at this point in this in the year of 1998, it's probably just like two bits that they have to just change from one color to another color. Oh, also, oh, oh, WWE 2K is. But also, they're not gonna believe me. They weren't selling tons of Scorpio figures at this point, so I'm sure that wasn't like a total. That wasn't completely the reason. But uh, yeah, I also think that like I mean, obviously they do have to like um, cover that. You know, they have to get approval, but like. You know, getting having a new look, having new ring gear is like that's just like more fucking toys. Like, oh yeah, another variation, another. Yeah, that's why like, like Shawn Michaels wore a different outfit. The Rock, every the Rock had a The whatever. Rock had a new. You know, his briefs are new. His ring gear was new. Yeah, he, but I mean, he but stopped like, having the Rock written in graffiti. But on But even it. like I think Naomi does has a lot of gear that she like changes up all the time. Yeah. Like a lot of people do that for that very reason because then there's multiple models in their video game and there's multiple action figure variations. There's skins. Yeah, and it's in. Uh, I think, and also I think as a performer or like as a fan, like it's exciting. I want to see like, oh, what's Shawn Michaels wearing this time? Like, what's the outfit going to be? What's I mean the. Uh, I'm saying it out loud. I'm thinking maybe this is more specific just to me, but okay. Uh, What's the outfit going to be? Is this penis going to be showing? <laughs> Shut up. Uh, Who are you wearing? Okay. <laughs> and dear listener, you might be asking why we're spending so much time talking about hair and outfits, but if we stop, then we have to talk about the next match. In which I think, honestly, hair and outfits, relevant. Relevant. <laughs> A relevant factor. All right. Let's just get into it. Mark Henry versus Vader. Oh, I was also wrong. I was like, we're talking about, I think, the match after this, but go on. Son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> um, yeah, Vader. Okay, so, I mean, knowing what I know about Vader, I don't know if there's a way to to, to 
um, not know this, you know, like to, to like not be a part of the conversation and to go into it with fresh eyes. But I was just watching this going, well, clearly this is to get Mark Henry over. This yes. is just a job. Yep. Like, you you know, they're just like, you know what? You think Vader's strong? Well, guess what? And, and, but you know what? But that wasn't my problem with this match because I'm fine with Vader selling for Mark Henry. I'm, yeah. I'm fine for Mark Henry going over. This was just a sloppy, bad match Mark Henry until the final spot. And what's interesting is they've been doing this literal match move for move except for the finish on the house show circuit leading up to this. But like literally Dave Meltzer saw the house show, I guess like the, the during the week preceding this pay-per-view and was like, this is the exact same match. Like just like, cause that's what they do on house shows. They rehearse basically what they're, that's why you, they do, you know, leading up to a pay-per-view, the house shows will be the same opponents you'll see on the pay-per-view oh, I didn't know that. Um, with a lot okay. of no finishes. Cause it's a way for the wrestlers to work together and practice spots um, in a way that's not televised. And they'll repeat the spots on sure. the live show. But is there a chance to kind of like just get each other's like how they work? Um, so they had done the same exact match, move for move, spot for spot on the house show circuit. And usually it's not that literal. And so it was notable that Meltzer called them out for it. And it was still that. And it was still that. Well, Mark Henry is super green. Is like very, very green. He is learning to wrestle on live TV. You know what I mean? With, uh, at pay-per-view, basically. Yeah. It was bad. This match was just dog shit. Yes, yeah, I got nothing else to say it about sucks. it. I don't, and, we, and it sucks that it's one of um, Vader's last matches. Yeah, it sucks. Everyone, I think I don't think anyone tell you this match doesn't suck. It's not worth watching. If you watch the pay-per-view, skip it. All right. Let's get out the fuck out of that. All right. And then, so, Kane and Mankind and Paul Bearer come to the ring. Um, New Age Outlaws want a title shot tomorrow. This is a lovely bit of booking, I think. I... Explain. Okay. Because I have an issue with this. And I, I have a big hear... issue with this, and this is exactly this, what I wanted to get to. This is I, a misdirect. I fulfilled my energy meter. This is a misdirect. This is purposely, because how often do you see wrestling, and you're like, well, if we know they have a title match tomorrow, clearly they're not going to lose later. Like, that, they did that, they played the expectation on purpose here. Because every time I see a title match, and I every time I know there's a title match coming and someone's challenged them for some time after that, you're like, well... Clearly, you're going to win. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they retain the title and move on to fulfill this one they set up. So this is a swerve. This is like built in to be a misdirect. I like that, and I caught that too. I did. I was watching it, going, "Well, if they're going to have a title match tomorrow, then like, then you know, what does this mean tonight?" But then, I, and I was like, "Well, this could just be a misdirect." So I caught that, and I and like, I'm fine with that. But what I'm not fine with is the logic. But before we get there, let's let's introduce what happened. First of all, I did not know Kane and Mankind are tag team champions, let alone a tag team. Yeah, we'll go into all the details. Or, no, sorry, are a tag team, let alone tag team champions. We'll go into the details on all that before the main event. But yes, uh, yeah, I was like, what the fuck? And then, okay, uh, the big thing. So first of all. Remember we were talking about, um, you know, like the reversal of like using a using a pay-per-view to hype up uh, Raw. This is where it comes in, right? Because like they're just like, we're going to face you guys. Like we're going to shoot a promo and we're going to challenge you guys. We're going to face you for the title. Not on this pay-per-view, but on Raw, which like I guess is part of the Monday Night Wars. But also part of the misdirect. Yeah. Then, 
And this is the big thing is I just wrote like, LOL, the New Age Outlaws are going to try to fight Kane. Forget Kane and, and Mankind. They're going to, they're like, we're going to, we're going to come and get you. A, a, a few months ago, they were like forming a Kane squad and they were afraid of Chainsaw Charlie because he was a guy with a chainsaw who wasn't going to wrestle with the chainsaw in the ring. But now they're like, you know what? We're going to take on this monster. Well, this that is- was, and, and that was my big problem with this. The nerfing of Kane. Yep. Well, I mean, first of all, the nerfing of Kane has begun. I mean, like, he can only be unprotected for so long. Uh, and I also think what you're seeing is as DX are becoming faces, they can't have they can't have them be these cowardly no shit no, no 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 I'm fine so with, they, I'm, I'm fine so with that, that. what but that we have planes though but, but what we have here is we have a whole bunch of referees holding Kane back no no I don't fucking buy that with everything that they the build coming up to this I'll give you it. what were you what, what was your no, the I, point I, I, I I think that's I think that's valid but I think the New Age Outlaws not being sniveling little cowardly shits anymore and being more like, oh, we want our fucking titles back. I'll fucking fight Kane. I don't care he's a monster. I'll fucking take him on. Like, that is, I think, a purposeful switch they have to do because they have to be serious, like wrestlers you could take seriously as legitimately threatening because they need to be a, a conquering hero. I agree with this. What I think is, what I'm against is, and I, you know, as I said, weird turn for the building of a monster. Mm-hmm. And I think... You know, if they had, I don't know, if they if they took the time, if they had the time or whatever, rather than just saying, all right, you know what, like, fuck it, let's just commit to, let's just commit to the bit. We're just going to, like, we're going to, now we're just going to challenge the monster. If they were, if, if it was more about, like, you know, like, everybody's been having a, a hard time trying to come up to, you know, trying to figure out how to defeat Kane, if they were, like... If they if they came with like some sort of plan other than like the problem for me was the bravado. It was if they were just kind of like, well, you know, like someone's got to do this. We're going to be the ones to do it. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to make it happen. And then what you get is like, okay, they're acknowledging the all of the things that led up to Kane up till now. But they are also, you know, they're they're making a turn where they're like, you know what? We've seen how this person can be taken down from watching The Undertaker. We've seen from watching a few, you know, maybe Stone Cold or something. We've seen these other people, like, crack the veneer of Kane. We think we have a plan. As opposed to just like, yeah, like, you know, Billy, Billy Gunn just fucking coming out and doing his, like, normal Encino Man shit is just... I have Lame. less of a problem with that, though, because of DX. Because they're a part of this faction in this stable who we know that they have no problem inserting themselves into these matches and winning that way. Your problem is Kane's been an unstoppable monster, and now you have fucking, like, Earl Hebner stopping him. Yes. That's your problem. And your problem is that the outlaws are suddenly a much more serious threat than they were before. Both yeah. of these are valid. I think we are all overthinking it more than anyone talked about it before it went to air. Like, I literally oh, were like, oh, I agree. shit, we just sent somebody out there to make them think they're going to win. So if they have a match scheduled for tomorrow, they'll definitely not think they're going to lose tonight. I don't know. The Outlaws make sense. They were tag team champions. Send them out. I think that literally was the end of conversation and no one thought beyond that. No, I agree. And, and, it, and you know, look. But I, is, I, you guys are both that. I think yeah, this is, this is this is the, this is the, 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 the good stuff and the bad stuff of the medium, which is that, well, you know, when, when you're doing shit like week to week, 
and you're you know you're trying to like have pay-per-views uh feed you know monday night raw which feeds pay-per-view which feeds raw which feeds pay-per-view you know then yeah you know like you're just gonna be like yeah um this is gonna be a, a cool trick let's forget all the shit that we you know like all the capital we built and again the minute we stop talking about this then we have to start talking about the next match this is the one i was sorry before to refer before i do before about like new looks and what oh, that matters. Oh boy. Ooh, buddy. So I would rather watch uh, Mark Henry and Vader than this. Yes. Match. Uh, yes. Yep. I would. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, at least you're like, well, you know, they're it's two giant guys running now, into each other. Eric, what do you think is the backstory leading into this match? I'm oh, curious. I don't, think they, I don't think they did a good job explaining it during this, and I like I'm wondering what you understood from it. And I was thinking back to my own experience with it. And I looked it up to make sure I, I was remembering it properly, but. So here, here's the, here's what I got from it. Uh, first of all, I the first question I asked was, "Who's the guy with the newspaper?" Paul Ellering, um, and I spelled it right the first time, Love like it. just from hearing it. And then I saw the the Chiron, I was like, "Yeah, wow, you spelled this incredibly phonetic name and hundred percent accurate." Congratulations. But like, you know, but then later it was like Ellering and um, Ellering, hundred percent phonetic. <laughs> it could have been Elling. I don't know. Anyway, listen, don't take the. I gave you You're guys like, a lot. I spelled it right in the first shot. And it's like, you know what? You know what? Great spelling, Eric. No. <laughs> Just fucking repeat after me. Eric, that was some in- insightful analysis. It was not. <laughs> it was. I had insight into analyzing the spelling Fun of his name. Ellering. May I have it in a sentence, please? <laughs> what is the what is the root of Ellering? What, what, what language? Is it Latin? To Eller. Ellering. <laughs> and Eller. E L L E. R I N G. First try, everybody. First Ellering. shot. No, he knew. <laughs> he knew. Anyway. Uh, okay, so here. Uh, and then I also noted I thought Paul Ellering maybe could be the jackal after he shaved his head. Let's let's take a minute to talk about Paul Ellering before we. Is that tell? Uh, but well, also, you know what? That's actually a pretty apt analogy. So interesting about Paul Ellering, and it's so funny we're talking about this. It came up multiple times in this pay per view, and and we had made fun of this previously in the past. This idea of a manager's license, uh, we had made fun of it before because uh, it seems insane. And it literally was a storyline point on last night, which would have been December 9th, Monday uh, Monday Night Raw, was actually also a point about manager's license. Isn't that insane? Anyway, Weird. it came a few times in this pay-per-view. Paul Ellering was, for the longest time, the manager of the Road Warriors uh, yes. before they returned to WWE. Well, the, the, what I know about Hold the on. story. Okay, go on. <laughs> Let me finish. And so he managed the Road Warriors, but... Unlike most on-screen managers, he also literally managed them. He managed their travel schedule, their oh. contracts, and their bookings. He was literally their manager. Didn't he have a puppet at one point, too? That I do not know, if he had a puppet. No, I thought only so. Davy Boy Smith had a puppet, to my knowledge. <laughs> well, it's impossible to look up. Um, so, to to get to the original question, yes. what, I got, what I gathered from this was, um, and what they were saying in the match... They were saying that Paul Ellering essentially... I do not know what that is. He does have a puppet. It is absurd. Well, it's actually a dummy is what you call it. Fuck you. A doll. I don't know. Um, How do you spell dummy? (laughs) Isn't that from... uh, Isn't that from... What's it called? Freaks and Geeks where where, the guy has the the dummy and he's like, it's not a doll. (laughs) Anyway. Um, So what I gathered from this was that um paul ellering i guess brought the road warriors into wrestling he was like he was the guy who recruited them and 
at some point, I guess he now he's back and he's like, you know what? I'm going to take on DOA. I'm going to manage them and help them to defeat you. That's mm-hmm. all I got from this. Dude, what did you make of the dynamic between Hawk and Animal? What did I make of the dynamic? Well, I know that that uh, in the uh, in the package, uh, Hawk was it Hawk didn't show up on time. Like so, Animal was looking for Hawk. Hawk didn't quite show up. I think Paul Ellering was gonna run over Animal's crotch yep. with a mm-hmm. with a motorcycle with a Titan bike. Did they have a deal with them? I don't know because they a hundred percent say Titan bikes every single. Time. I don't know what a Titan bike is. Well, isn't isn't Titan Sports like the? That's name what I of thought. That's I thought. That's why I thought like Titan bikes was just what they're calling because they can't say fucking Harleys or whatever. You know. Uh, so I I mean I I didn't get that from the rest of the match that they were having some internal strife. There's very important guess. things that I don't Aaron, do you want to catch up then what's been playing? I'm not really or? sure where you're going with this, Bobby. Well, I'm trying to think of what was revealed at this point. So what was revealed is that at, uh, uh, the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom said that they were bringing back their old manager, brought Paul Ellering out, who then decided he was going to put his allegiance with, um, with the Disciples of Apocalypse. But what about the hawk and animal being unreliable stuff? Not much. Okay, so maybe this hasn't played out as much. So I'm going to say put a pin on this. Okay. Because this is a very, very important thing for us to talk about. Interesting. Uh, it was so- just, yeah, it was just that um, animal kind of called, animal had a one-on-one match with Skull or Ape, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, That's and, and animal is gesturing to the back, come out, come out. The beatdown starts. He's splayed, about to get his dick run over with this beautiful Titan bike when uh, Hawk finally does come out, and then it's just a a beatdown by the three of them. Okay. All right. So those are the. Okay. I'd like to. Pay attention to their dynamic between each other because that's going to be playing out in a way that's important. I'd like to point out, by the way, that Apocalypse and Doom are kind of synonymous. Mm. So, like, he's just going from, like, one. You know, post, you know, Armageddon to another they Armageddon. Do, they do kind of um, stress the fact that, that Paul Ellering is happy that these are twins. So he only has to reprogram one mind to his bidding. This was so weird for me. It was like, do Skull and Ape Ball share a brain now? I also hate DOA, LOD. I'm like, what? Like, it seems like everything I'm doing is like uh, cashing on a GeoCities page. It just seems like, yeah. a, like a lot of like weird acronyms. D-O-W-N-L-O-A-D. <laughs> like, what are we talking? That's also why like, even when I was listening to the commentary during the, the match with with uh, Scorpio and Terry Funk. After they said Funk, I just thought Flash Funk. And the whole thing, I was like, this is so confusing. It's very confusing. <clears throat> um, can we get through this match, though? Because I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's bad. Paul Ellering has glasses that look like Night Owl. Yep. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, so here's what I thought. I, you know, like, they were trying to talk about this whole idea of Paul Ellering is now, he, now he's, like, running. You know, now he's managing... Uh, DOA. One of the best managers of all time, he's known as. So He's one of the what? He's best? known as like one of the best, but most, he used to be a wrestler before this. He's like, well, well he's loved. good at booking the hotels. He knows how to get the discount. <laughs> but even in our time, I don't know if you've seen him that yet, Eric, but they're on Raw right now is the Authors of Pain, who were huge on no. NXT. NXT and were the, the NXT tag team champions. They were managed by Paul Ellering as recently as two years ago. I would say. Yeah. He, they the dropped goggles? him when they got pulled off the when they got wow. dropped to the main roster. When they went in the main roster they fired him. Um like on screen. But I'm okay. also wondering he also has a daughter who was in the Mayon Classic. 
Rachel Ellering. I believe she was wrestling under at the time. I don't. I think she changed her name since then. Anyway, he's I know like, how to spell that. R A C H E L. He's uh, deeply embedded in the wrestling world, a very important figure. Yeah. But the storyline they're starting to tell with LOD now is going to go down in history as one that we have to talk about because there is a lot of elements to it that are needing to be broken oh, down. Oh man, so... they're going to do blackface. Mm. No, I wish. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, no. Eric. When, just like as a blanket rule going into where we're going to answer, like it's not even worth guessing because okay. they're going to do things that you're going to be like, I wouldn't even have fathomed that was a possibility. Although you told them the same thing when he guessed Kane was uh, Undertaker's brother. I know, but that, was, that also was what? A misdirect. <laughs> yeah, quite a misdirect. DOA um, wins, twin magic, let's move on. Yeah. Okay, I do want to say, oh. though, can I just make one point? Yes. When when we were watching the... the, the um, DX doing uh, their tribute to the nation, I'll call it. Mm-hmm. I was like, how could this be better? So I was watching this and going, how could this be actually good? And I felt like if you're going to have the angle of like Paul Ellering knows LOD so well because he brought them in and he, you know, like he now he he's going to um, train DOA and reprogram them to defeat LOD sell that angle like teach them lod's move set give them something or like give them something that that like it's like oh well lod is actually it turns out that they're actually susceptible to this kind of attack do something with it yeah. as you know what to... eric that's insightful commentary thank that you is. i agree i agree thank you now we can move on great but oh i, I also <laughs> want to say I feel like in another age, I feel like in another age, Skull and Apol could have been cast for Property Brothers. And now I will go. <laughs> I want to see that. Like, imagine them demoing a house. So now Vince and the Stooges come on out, and which um, the best part about this is that they're wheeling out the cathode ray TVs once again for uh, movie day in the classroom. <laughs> um, okay. I the the promo is essentially um, if what is it if if Stone Cold loses no if, if Undertaker doesn't if show the, up if Undertaker doesn't show up this is Stone Cold's fault. And well, also, like, this will be, we have a partner, you know, the card is something to change. Yeah, it's don't blame so me you, is, is the point of it. Because the crowd here is fucking on fire that they're going to see the Undertaker tag team with Stone Cold tonight. Like, literally, even as a child, I was like, it's, it's so bad! Like, it's like so, yeah. the two biggest stars Did in the company. Did you have the black box at this point? Hell yeah. Okay. No, I did no longer have the black box. So I was not watching papers at this point. Okay. Um, I did not. Um, and this one, I believe I watched at a friend's house. I did watch this live. I, I remember seeing the bikini contest live, um, which makes sense because the rest of this is not very memorable. Even the parts I mean, that were where good. Where were we when the bikini contest was happening? Even the parts that were good, it wouldn't have stuck with me because I didn't appreciate wrestling sure. on that level. Sure, sure. Um, anyway, so I was watching this. So anyway, they're selling that, like, Vince Man comes out for this promo that saying that card is subject to change, and so sorry fans, if you don't get Austin Undertaker tonight, it's subject to change. But don't worry because I have a partner in store for Stone Cold, so you will still get a match. It will be Stone Cold and his partner, the Brooklyn Brawler, who comes who out. Who is the Brooklyn Brawler? Brooklyn Brawler is famously a jobber. 
He's just a jobber. And he's a holdover from the time when everybody had a job where you had like the plumber and the this and the dumpster man and all yeah. these things and the clown. This guy was a fighter. He was, no, he was literally. Yeah, remember back then when you had the porn star and the pimp and all of that way, way, way back in the day? <laughs> Wait, these were from before. Like, right, these yeah, were no, no, no. But I, uh, the Brooklyn Brawler wearing the Yankee shirt from the Bronx always hated that. Yeah. I know. I was like, um, it's, it should be. Either the Dodgers or the Mets. Because it was New York. You know, they were just like, this was a caricature of someone from New York City. And he was like, hey, I'm walking here. If that was a person, that, would be the <laughs> that was his gimmick. If uh, Forget about it was a, was a personality trait. I thought it was a good troll. I was, oh, me too. This, this it was great. I, I liked the refrain of, that was Stone Cold, not, not Vince McMahon. But again, didn't go anywhere. No, but this is part of. I think I mentioned. I know I mentioned a few episodes ago. Like Vince wanted to integrate more promos into pay per views. Mm-hmm. This is that. I think this was. This is, there are worse ways to spend time than this. I, I'll say it now. I won't say it later. I was saving it for later on. But one of my issues was so the Undertaker. The Undertaker's not here. Why didn't they bring that all the way up to the main event? Because like ten min, like before the bikini contest, I think is when they say, oh, The Undertaker showed up. So why not have Stone Cold, have the Brooklyn Brawler, and then all of a sudden the gong goes off? I agree. I That's good. I, I, Insightful analysis. Thank you. I imagine they wanted to the very end to let them know, like, but we promise there is the match. They do not turn off this pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Like, we promise it will not actually end up being Stone Cold and the Brooklyn yeah, Brawler. You spent $30 on this. You're not turning this shit off. Uh, you spent, I think, 50 40 uh, Yeah, probably 40 or 50 30 not say. 30 it's not thirty. I think it was forty. 50, I thought 60. it was. I thought it was fifty for the big four and like thirty or forty for the in your houses. Don't remember at some point because even now the big four are like seventy mm-hmm. or something and like the if you so I don't know have pay per view who even fucking pays per view. Oh, we all we all have it. Just none of us use it. I mean, like we all could order like on Optimum or whatever we have. I know, but who uses it? I mean, I bought AEW once. <laughs> yeah, but I think. Um, I think that was the key to be like, but don't give up. Like, we're not actually going to do what WCW has been doing, which is following through in their troll matches and, like, mm-hmm. the finger poke of doom. But, like, it's not that. We promise. We are going to give you Undertaker and Stone Cold. <laughs> Please stick around. Uh, but they kept attention, I think, as long as they could feel comfortable making that call. Just a guess. I don't know. I wasn't there. Okay. I'm so excited. Are you ready? Can we talk about I'm it? So can we talk about it? Can we oh talk about God. it? Oh, my God. I, I wrote... Like two full paragraphs. Just read them. This. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna set it up. We've got Owen Hart versus Ken Shamrock in the Dungeon of Doom match from Stu Hart's Dungeon. And and I need, I just need to say before we get into it, this is my favorite Owen Hart right here, because now we've got him with the crowd calling him a nugget and him getting so angry about being called a nugget. He's wearing zoomies. This is my favorite Owen Hart at this point. This, first of all, the idea of the dungeon, Stu Hart's dungeon, is like Narnia. I was like, maybe I'll never see it. Like, and I'm so happy. Was this shot? This couldn't have been. Sh- this this was like a, this was a studio, right? Was this I actually- don't know. This was live on tape. I know it was not live. It was live on tape for sure. It was taped and sure. edited. Um, but what I loved about this match is leading up to it throughout the day, they're like, a live shot from outside the dungeon where this will take place. And you would think, like, outside the dungeon, there'd be, like, hellfire and chains. It's just and it's, like, the most, like, pastoral, beautiful, that a cloud in the sky view. It's bright just lights. a neighborhood in Calgary. And, like, their house kind of looks like a gingerbread house. The whole thing, I was like, this, honestly, I just want to go inside and be like, hey, Helen, got any milk? You know what I mean? Got some milk and cookies? I think this is... 
Stu Hart's actual basement. I literally also think it's the actual basement. Oh my god, I hope it is. Because I was like, this is a barely finished basement, not a dun like not a so dungeon. Wait, so by yeah, any yeah, Eric, paint us a picture of the Battle of the Rumpus Room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um do you remember when name think of the childhood friend you had and they were the friend that had a pool table or a ping pong table in their basement and like that was the friend that you would go over and just spend hours in their basement uh like playing looking at the playboy looking at playboy but then also having like having like just like full on tournaments in whatever game he was the had. only one who had the power glove in your neighborhood yes yeah. yes he was he was your most hooked up friend so like the all the walls are paneled in wood it looks like somebody stripped a um a station wagon from the yes. the early 90s yes it's uh like like probably at one point or another uh you know you guys were playing around and you almost actually ripped one of the panels off and like you, his mom got so mad like basically think of any place chip and joanna buy before they renovate and that's what it is it's like just wood paneling everywhere like weird sunken in living rooms like nothing made like it. it's from like, the 80s not it's 70s like, I think it's like from the seventies or even sixties, but we had them in the eighties from people who never updated. Yeah, yeah. Really if you never. didn't have money and you bought a house, like <laughs> yes. this was your fucking place, As and it was it. it was from that decade. Like but, oh, if you went upstairs, the phone was definitely avocado colored. And, you know what and, I mean? And when you and because like when you had the sleepover, the sleepover was in this room. Yes. And like you didn't get enough natural light, so you like didn't know yep. how late you were yes. sleeping. There yes. were no phones at yes. this time. Yes. But you're right, Eric. So when I you're picturing Stu Hart's dungeon where he's trained all these people, you're picturing like stone walls. I'm picturing the cage where Terrible Ted was. Where was Where was the bear? Where was the bear? Could you imagine if they got too close to him all of a sudden like a big paw comes in like (laughs) (laughs) Like Indiana Jones of the Last Crusade? Exploding barbed bear mesh. (laughs) Yeah, I'm into that. Why what why where where why was there no like Polacks, like like choose your weapons and like there's just like a list of, of things where you can be like I, I'm gonna have that's the where mace. the Iron Maiden should have gone <laughs> I agree I love I actually loved this I I love, I love it. it I love it on both levels mm-hmm. I love it because it's so fucking stupid yes. and I actually love this match yeah um, the floor by the way yeah. was like was like I don't know like like wrestling mats that were no it, no, it was not. The floor was straight up fucking... It may be linoleum, but it was just floor. It was floor with, with like a, a tarp With over one it. flat un, un, un no, There was linoleum. There were tiles on the edge, but then there was like so, something that looked like it had give. I don't think so, no. It looked I'm like they put pretty a, sure a, it had give. I don't think it did. In my mind, it doesn't, in my and, mind. and you're not going to convince me otherwise. Sure, there. man. I, I, I were, thought it was. I thought that they had like you know the wrestling pads that no, you would have. No, it did not look like that to me. It looked like they literally put a tarp over straight up tile and they were doing essentially concrete bumps like a bit which is not something they didn't they weren't doing on tv all the time anyway at the time which were unexposed concrete or exposed concrete if there's one thing that i have a problem with this match is um they were doing a really good job in the build to this as being about who is the best king of the ring 
because oh. we're coming off of Shamrock's win here. But that wasn't oh. mentioned at all. Not at all. Exactly, exactly. Owen was. And so first, Owen, um, Triple H, and Shamrock had a match there where um, Shamrock pinned Triple H. Um, and then we had a resurgence of King Mabel as well, who is not going to be back for a little while, but he'll be coming back again. Big, huge guy. Not very good, but... But he, he's his like next great... gimmick is going to be something kind of cool. Actually, the next two are pretty interesting. Huh. I'm only thinking of one. But anyway. Uh, and so I think that they could have done more with building, like, that this is for the best, like, the King of Kings kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, I loved this match, though. I thought it was... It seemed like it legitimately hurt. Also, I will say... Good God, Ken Shamrock on the top of those stairs in those basketball shorts. So fucking hot. Ha. Oh my God. He definitely was like doing crunches right before they started because he showed up like ripped and glistening at the top of that staircase. You know, I guess just like grabbing a, grabbing a fucking ice cream soda with Helen Hart upstairs. Like, thanks, Mrs. Hart. I'm going to head downstairs to the basement now. Is, I... is Owen home? Like, it's so weird. This, this was, Did I called. Did Bruce Hart let him in their house? I, I, I called this the laundry room brawl. Uh, I also thought like Mother Heart was gonna come down with sandwiches halfway yeah, through. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, you boys hungry already? Um, Carly Ann Philbin has a joke in one of her shows where she talks about uh, how she used to have dance competitions on the good side of her basement. <laughs> like, that's what this felt like. This yes. was a wrestling match on the good side of the basement. Uh, I also thought like this felt to me like like one day in the life for every middle schooler when the game console broke and you're like guys what if we just wrestle <laughs> and you're oh, just yeah. like you just like throw each other around you're like and then and then like it always ends with like both of you have like a splitting headache and you're like i just want to like, let's just stop now because it's gonna get like we're gonna start like hurting each other's feelings <laughs> like we're gonna be in a, in a real fight at, the, at a certain point fucking owen on the pipe Yes. The pipe spots were so good. Okay, there was one big fuck up on here, but it was so funny that I, I forgive it. When um, the Owen is, No, Owen is taking Kitchen Rock's head and he's banging it against the wall, like, repeatedly. But and obviously, th- this is not a shoot fight. It's designed... It's a work, but it's designed to look like a shoot. Yeah. And so, Ken Shamrock is selling, so he's throwing himself, but he... He hits himself one more time than Owen does. So he's, he's, he's very fast. He's like, boom, boom, boom. And Owen stops and Ken goes, boom, one more time. Ah. They also they also had uh, Ken Shamrock's head go through a pre-made hole in the ceiling. And I was like, well, I can see this. Like, Which is because it was edited. It turns out when there's no plaster coming down, a hole wasn't just made. Like it's that's a very clean break. But so. yeah, this is one where all of the sins can be forgiven. Yeah. Because it, it's... yeah. And it's, I had a problem with the Boiler Room Brawl when when that happened, just because of like what they're putting all the people in that arena through. This was short enough and yeah. fun enough yeah. and interesting enough that I had no problem with Dude, anything that happened. How fucking awesome would it be if they did another like heart dungeon? Like if Natalia took the heart dungeon battle as oh, like yeah. a new gimmick match, I would be it would be the first time I care about Natalia ever. Oh yeah. my like, god. That'd be so I'd even cool. let her wear the, the cat ears. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, oh, this is forgiving, but I, I feel like if 
fucking Natalia and Becky Lynch like just fucking throwing hands in the heart dungeon. I would want to see the shit out of that. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of pressure for this match to be so cool. I actually can't believe they, I guess, you know, with the heart, there was a, you know, a, a long time where uh, the relationship was strained, let's yeah. say. So I could understand why this never came back. But... Well, I'm surprised that's when you guys say that you thought that this took place in the actual heart dungeon. I was like, well, I don't know, man. They didn't treat like Brett very well. And it's surprising that they'd be like, okay, well, we'll do it for Owen. We'll have, we'll have them, we'll have you guys over in our basement for this. But as we discussed there is a school of thought that feels the screw job was justified and why vince made the decisions he made when he made them and Stu hart as a promoter maybe could understand that perspective even after didn't you say all of the family was spitting on him yeah <laughs> but oh but he's a businessman and owen's still in the business maybe so i think as a promoter Stu hart probably has a little bit of a different perspective than we do and certainly not the i don't think anybody in the wrestling business has the moral scruples to <laughs> stand he, on too high a horse came around to it uh, I also thought the tap out was really funny. It was like the weird. It was like the weirdest thing because the guy's just like he 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 like gets kicked and he gets up and he like Owen's like moving his arm. He's like, well, this is a clear tap out to me. Well, it works because Dan Severn looks like the dumbest person. He really on looks like so. I could surprise even had to just spot where they had to knock him out. I, I, why didn't Owen just be like, hey Dan, what's that? And he'd be like, who? Yeah, I don't know. I see a wall. Should I keep looking? Is something going to happen? Bradshaw's got to run for his money. Oh boy. Please, nobody ever tweet at Dan Severn to listen to this podcast because he would murder me. Yeah. Yeah, Though, but he doesn't know where we live But to yet. be fair, yeah, he couldn't find us. <laughs> also, He'd be he, like, are you... Wait, you're in my ears? <laughs> I'm going to fucking punch these ears. He's going to punch his cell phone. Where's <laughs> my cell phone? Uh, I love the... And then there was Owen shirt. I think that's a great shirt. That's a great shirt. I also loved Owen's like weird... like After the match, his like, just like yelling yeah. at the... <laughs> I did it! I did it all by myself. It's so stupid. I love it. Yeah. I love like when Owen is like when you can see the gears in Owen's head turning. I actually find it very charming. I love him. I love him. I love him. This is, this... and again, this is my favorite Owen Hart era. I am so excited for this because I loved Owen Hart like even around the time of what like British Bulldog. Mm-hmm. Owen Hart is one of the greatest rushers of all time. One yeah. of the most beloved personalities of all time. He is so fucking good. And honestly, I, I guess I forgot how good Shamrock was. Mm-hmm. I always thought that Shamrock. In my memory, looking back, Shamrock was always sort of like. Okay, because he never really got a major title. He never really like gets to be the star that for, there's no reason why he shouldn't have been. Other than the fact that it was just so crowded with stars. Yeah. But holy shit, this was a fuck. I was entertained as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. And I mean, talk about crowded with stars. The best match of the night to me, up next. Yeah. The Rock versus Triple H, two out of three falls. Ooh, what? Yes and no. What? It was the best match of the night for you. A hundred percent. I think there. It's by no fault of their own. I think the reason why I knock this match a little bit, because actually the execution from a production standpoint is not as cool. Okay. I think the two out of three falls, actually, it feels like it 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 stretches too long. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think the minute rest is weird. Yes. I think the time limit is weird to also, because like, if you're going to do a time limit, two out of three, why not just make it an Iron Man match and call it a day? You know, just like, there's a lot of things about it that feel weird, and I think it really hurt the energy of the crowd. And I think it made the finish feel flat at the end, and there's some great moments of interference and stuff like that throughout that I actually really like. I actually liked the shenanigans, the balance of shenanigans to wrestling, 
but I think there are things in the actual setup of the match that hurt the tension of the match because it didn't make it clear where the high, like what was important or why they're stopping or what we're at the end of time now, and that's not clear to the audience, and therefore they're not understanding when Triple H hit the pedigree and they're not pinning. Okay, it's but all but, very weird. But for the home audience, I think that they did a really good job setting up the thirty-minute time limit part of this, and I think for me. Hearing that multiple times, that clued me in, oh, I think I know where this is going to go. I think that this is going to... And I think it ended in a perfect way to set up for a fantastic fucking match next... I wouldn't have changed any of the performance or the writing. All my changes would have been like would have been production changes in mm-hmm. the way that they set it up or the way that they reset between falls, the, how many times the bell rings. Like there's like it's like things like that that I think would help clarify and make this match a little stronger. I also thought, I mean... I think I'm going to have this uh, this comment, this note for a lot of Triple H matches, which is that editing. You just need to edit more. Like there was a lot of time, and I know they're trying for a thirty minute. They're they're trying to fill thirty minutes, but he, his matches always go so long. I I agree with Triple H usually, and and I I was having a conversation recently with with a coworker. Who asked me for my top five of the Attitude Era, and Triple H is not in my top five of the Attitude Era um, for a lot of what you said. But this match in particular, the it's twenty minutes before the first fall, yes. and I am with it the entire yeah. fucking time. I'm not. I, I'm not taking it away from you. I, I, I think it's a great match. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it is very, very good and worth everyone's time. I would watch. say that this is an A minus B plus match. 100%. Okay, I, I, yeah, I I'm fine agree. with that. I completely agree. Um, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I guess... Um, My third favorite match of the night, I think. No, it's number three for me. Okay. Yeah, like, I, I... I, The first one I had was, I don't know if I like this match. But then, like, I got into it. I thought the fall... All of the falls were punctuations of, like, really good moments. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, you have like, the shenanigans. You have, like, the... the Everybody's cheating Everyone's cheating. It's which great. Kinda, which is actually kind of nice. That's versus what you need. It's one what you need person, one half, like, yeah. one faction. It's only the heels cheating. No, it's... It actually was cool to watch. Oh, everyone's cheating. Yeah. Oh, and this was... Bobby, this was the one where there's the little girl who is completely, like, screaming at the rock during this. Yep. Also, this is another one where they, they make a note of China's manager's license, which is why everyone else was ejected from inside yeah. of China. I just find it such a funny concept that I thought was so strange. Like when we when they came up last in another pay per view previously, mm-hmm. we were like, well, "What the was fuck?" Sunny, right? But it was literally on Raw last night that it was um, shit. Was this Lena Vega's manager's license? No, it wasn't. It was someone else's because everyone else was covering. Anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, they have a tool set, they have a toolbox, and then they're like, well, we can pull out that manager's license But how many times, how long have I been watching wrestling? I mean, like, and they, they didn't, they, it's not something they pull out often. That's why it's, like, very weird that it's, like, it so happens to be on this paper recording and also wrestling last night. Kismet. It's crazy to me how weak the people's elbow is as a move in 1998 at this point. It is not a finisher. Like, I don't think I've seen him successfully use that as a finisher. But the rock yet. bottom is. The rock bottom is, yeah. Good. It's a good finisher. Yeah. But also, keep in mind, the people's almost started. It's, that's the point. And even still right now, it's still kind of the point. Where it's this whole big setup for an elbow drop. Yeah. Which is not a... a, a, a but he a, takes but he takes the, uh, the pad the off. The pad off. But still... It's unprotected. It's a direct shot right to the chest. But I don't think that's even what they were trying to no, sell. No, no, Bobby, point. Bobby, you've seen the people's elbow. You've seen it used as a finisher no, 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 so no. many times. But that's because the rock goes up so much mm-hmm. at this point. 
but that 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 it it, it start, it's doing what it's supposed to do now. Like they were doing it as like a troll. It's a troll move. It's a move to be like I'm gonna do all this stuff, and then at the end I'm just gonna do an elbow drop instead. Well, of- that's why that's why uh, when when DX was doing their their you know impersonation of of the of the Rock. You know, like it was like he goes back, exactly. he goes forth, it, and then he which, does like like uh, he then he goes back to doing his. Like, you know what promo. that is? Great heightening, like which could have yeah. been really good had they not been a blackface. Um, yep. yep. <laughs> that 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 I'm gonna put that on my uh, tombstone. That would have been really good had it not been in blackface. I wouldn't put. That, I, I don't know if I'd want that on my tombstone. Nope, it's gonna be on my tombstone <laughs> in Brooklyn. Uh, no, I uh, let's see. What are some things I I thought that Xbox's move he had a, a move like a, that that I don't know if it's a finishing move or what but it was very similar to the stunner in the sense that like it required kicking the guy so that they double over and then I think instead of like turning around he like he grabs his head and he jumps into like a sitting position it's right. a, it's a, it, it would be a uh, I would call it a leaping seated, seated face buster wow but yeah it's it's, a, it's it's kind of like the you know the the direct opposite of the stunner. It is known as the X factor. So if you hear that called in future oh, matches, okay. that's what. Uh, and actually, we see people. So it's uh, got Phoenix in it. Mustafa Ali right now does a mat uh, does a move where he does a slingshot rolling X factor. So he will sl- he will be on the apron. Opponents on the inside of the ring. He will slingshot himself inward, do a little roll, land in a jump, and then do that move. Wow. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But this is an origin of that. I thought China had a fun DDT. Very yeah, fun really good. DDT on the chair. Yeah, that was great. Um, I loved Billy Gun- or the New Age Outlaws finger wagging at the Godfather when he tried to come out for his shenanigans. Just like that, oh, my shenanigans will trump your shenanigans. That's funny. Um, I also then Earl Hebner comes out as the second ref, and I was like, didn't this guy have like a stroke recently? Like. He's just um, back. Did he or was that Dave? There's two Hebners. No, that was Earl there. Yeah. Was Earl too? Yeah. Where is Dave Hebner working for the company at this point? I know he has a twin. Yeah, that was Earl. You're right. Oh, oh no. It's an eight ball and skull situation. <laughs> well, they have, they they only had to rehab Dave? one brain for both people. Even no, though it was, was Earl, a... but he ended up being, the last thing ended up being okay, obviously. I mean, great for him, but like that is, that's quite a, uh, a comeback in a couple months from like being, watching in the emergency room. But yeah, but I'm going to say it. This is my favorite Triple H match so far. Even more than Mankind in the Steel Cage. I agree. I, I, still, I still agree. Even though I have my notes on how I think this would this could be... They could have tweaked it a bit. I do think this is the best performance Triple H has turned in. And I think one of the best performances from The Rock we've seen. So the two of those things together, I yeah. think definitely think make this a match worth seeing. And I think this is the first time... We're getting the sense that these two have something really fucking special, like between, like separately and together. Okay, um, I'll accept that. I like, you know, I still have a lot of uh, fond feelings about the 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 cage match, mm-hmm. and As I you like. It's very hard for me to get to get past that. Um, you know, like this ends in a it ends in a draw. They call time. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, like, and I'm I'm lucky because I know what's coming, okay. and I'll tell you this right now, Eric. Their next match together at the next pay per view is gonna be fucking dope. Okay, cool. Um, can we go to the 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 promo if we're calling that a promo that 
bullshit pre-taped segment. Of what? What are you talking about? Oh, are we talking about one of my favorite things in here where we've got The Rock leaving, where it has the exclusive footage oh, these... at the bottom as though this entire pay-per-view wasn't exclusive footage? No, I feel like... Oh, God. Now I should be closer attention because the impression I got was that that was, like, edited in later. Am I nuts? I might be nuts. Don't no, I think that's, that's, like... What do you mean edited in later? Like, not shown like, live? Like, when you watch this on pay-per-view, I don't think that was on the broadcast. No. Because... That had to be. But wasn't a WW.com exclusive? <laughs> so like, wasn't it on WW.com and then they put it on for the network? No. Maybe? No. no okay. From what I, I understand, no. they were just like exclusive footage. But like, yeah. it was also like, I mean, I know these things take place at night. So like. Oh, no. But this is in California. Okay, in, in so summer. okay, so it was it was California, so it was it was in summer. summer. So so, but like it happened so quickly that like, what is the likelihood that they actually were able I, it, to tape it? As but it would have been leaving? like seven p.m. there. But what I mean July? is the the the. No, no, I I know what I know what you're saying. It but just I, ended. But I don't know. I was I was fine with that. It was. I mean, I was just like like, like whatever, because man. like shenanigans just happened. He knows he's got to like get out of town people are pissed off that he still has the title no i'm cool with that all right i don't know i was just like this i was like pre-tape promo after like that's supposed to be after a match i was like the it was a little bit weak to me but it's fine not as weak as dustin runnels coming out doing his jesus thing oh gee <laughs> yeah uh well they have we have we gotten to that yet yeah, yeah that's about, next this is where we're at oh my god did i just not write anything down for that i was like i just don't Oh, well, they do a sable package um, before that. But yeah, but Dustin Reynolds comes out and says, Jesus is coming soon. And then King says, I'll tell you what's coming soon. Me jizzing all over this ring. <laughs> okay, so my fearless prediction for Preacher Dustin is that his new gimmick is going to be like Messiah. I feel like he's like, that's. Like I, I wonder if if it's like a like a a very literal like Jesus is coming soon. By the way, I'm gonna be Jesus. So get you know what's ready. the most fun about this experience? The fact that in today we're used to intellectually looking at everything, and you're going to do so much thinking on things that the people in charge, the people making all of the money to create this, did not think about for even a fraction of the amount of time you've thought about it. I don't know. And it will you will so often not get a satisfying payoff. Or anything that makes sense. Oh, and also, <laughs> often you'll lie to me and tell me I'm wrong. So True. That, so, you, so really, you like this is like a really fun gaslighting experiment where <laughs> you never know if it's really going to be something that you will be important or it'll be just another thing that never pans out. Who there knows? are four lights. <laughs> what is the rubric for the bikini contest? Oh, well, wait. Before we get to the rubric, there's what still is the tale a bikini? Of, there's tale. Of, there's the tale of the tape. Oh, uh, by the way, I, w- I, w- I want to say most fights, I think, are settled by a bikini contest. I'm glad that they did it the way that they used to do it in old Greek times, like when uh, when the Greeks went against the Trojans and they were like Paris, our, our hero uh, Achilles versus Hector. They both have to put on a bikini. Stop. I can only get so erect. <laughs> <laughs> but Bobby is absolutely right because in this bikini contest neither one of the women are wearing a bikini nope sable might be wearing half a bikini true but okay so bobby i'm gonna let you paint the picture of this i think that's probably for the best yeah (laughs) yeah that's probably the safer bet um so 
Jacqueline comes out with Mark Marrow dressed in Mark and like a boxing robe, a la Marrow's whole gimmick of the time. Um, Sable comes out. She's wearing a large baggy T-shirt. The I, king. Is, I described it as a gingham mumu. Yeah, it's nasty. Oh, I thought of it as like a like a and I'm going to sleep like you know T-shirt. I'm yeah, going it's like to it's like your, it's like a big T-shirt T-shirt. Exactly. It's part that part schmata. It's like somewhere between the two. So they're out there now. Jacqueline reveals first, and Jacqueline is wearing a one-piece, I think technically it's a swimsuit, though I don't think it would hold up to any amount of water or force or any bit of uh, surface tension whatsoever. I'm about to go with a deep cut right here. It looked to me like Sean Connery's outfit from Zardoz. Wow. I was. Okay. It looks like something out of Aeon Flux on MTV. I was going to ask, what isn't she wearing? That's the better <laughs> <Shut> question. <laughs> But basically, it's like very stringy, stringy halter top. The boobs are merely a, like the like the breast coverage is merely a nipple cover attached to a yeah. bunch of string. And Jacqueline's bosoms are massive. And so the fact this is covering, if I had to estimate, I would say a two and a half inch by two and a half inch area. And her breasts are the size of very large bowling balls. Um, and she looks, I have to say, as a homosexual male fucking great i mean like her body i think honestly if i had to judge this bikini contest sincerely from final form to final form i think i'd give the edge to jacqueline honestly but she looks fucking amazing so good uh does a little turn accidentally flashes some nip uh allegedly that was a sincere accident but they have purposely shown nipple in the attitude era um and i so this is an instance where allegedly this was not one of those times um Jacqueline looks, again, fucking amazing. Her history's in WCW, because this is the first time you're seeing Jacqueline, right? Her history's in WCW. She was almost like uh, something between a sable and a china. She was actually closer to China before China was China. So Jacqueline was wrestling men on WCW. She was wrestling cruiserweights on WCW, Mm -hmm. because she's kind of like a bodybuilding kind of person. And you can tell that she's got that kind of body. She doesn't have a model body. She has a bodybuilding kind of body. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so she was fighting men there. She looks fucking great. And obviously, unlike Luna, where Luna also like went out of her way to make herself non-traditionally attractive in terms of how she presented her look, Jacqueline is like, fuck that. I'm going to look fucking sick. And you're going to hate me because I'm a heel, not because I don't look good, because I'm going to look fucking amazing. And God, good goddamn, she do. So then uh, say it's time for Sable to reveal her bikini. She takes off the schmata. Uh, and she's wearing a thong and this like hideous crop top that's like this like weird knit like knitted, silver yeah. knit. It was like it was it was like a silver knit crop top mock turn like I was like truly get be gone. It's horrible. This goes back, by the way, to my two layers thing where like is this Well this is technically three layers because then <laughs> JR uh, the king is like what the hell, man? I thought you said before that's your bikini? That's not enough titties, like or whatever. And, Sable is like, you know, Mr. McMahon is why I have a job, and he wants me to dress conservatively. But you know, and this is what he thinks is conservative. You know what I say to that, which is like the cheapest heat she could have possibly mm-hmm. have gotten. But she was like, you know, I say that she pulls off the knit monstrosity, and underneath, <laughs> she is wearing what is made to look like black glitter hands painted over her boobs. Which does sound and is, I'm sure, very hot, if that's your thing. 
I cannot get over the fact the hands look so bad. Like they well, look they, like they, little turkeys that you made yeah. in kindergarten. It, like they're I, yeah, so that's what they look like. It looks like <laughs> it looks like a child covered their hands in paint and laid them along her breast. No, it, it looks like someone put their hand not. That, the thing is, it doesn't look like it's in paint. That's the problem. I think it actually would have looked dope if it looked like someone okay, put their hands okay. in paint. My point it is, like, my point is, it looks like a child-sized hand. But also, it's that they traced a hand and then colored it in with black glitter, yeah. as opposed to if you put your hand in it and then you have the the prints, yeah. which actually kind of gives it a. There is something There's about a sexiness that. to it. There somebody is, touched your boob. Because there is real tactile. You can like have that tactile experience looking at it. This looks so weird because it's like fully solid. It looks like a, a shadow puppet on her boob. But also, I guess her boob is very sexy. It is a great boob. I would not take that away from her. But I found it distracting how shitty it looked. So anyway, everyone's freaking out. Mark Marrow's mad that that's not technically a bikini. JR, uh, J- the king doesn't know what to do with himself because it's like... Uh, boobs that are, I guess are not supported by any kind of device and therefore he is like malfunctioning. Um, <laughs> He's itchy and scratchy land. So that that's the bikini print and then like all hell breaks loose. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have a couple comments here. Love it. First of all, let, I gotta go back to the tail of the tape. One of the, th- one <laughs> of the measurements is bombs. That's, so they're like, height! Uh, like, you know, waste. None of your business for the weight. Yeah. Bombs. They're just, I'm like, oh, so this is like a professional. This is a sports thing. Like, it's, it's what, what are your bombs that you've got? And then hers has, I think, like, 38 special or whatever the fuck she calls it. It was just like, oh, my God. This is this was literally done by, like, a, a, a 13-year-old who, like, typed with one hand because the other hand was firmly grasping oh, yeah. himself. Uh. I also think when so Sable's quote is is like, you know, I met with Mr. McMahon and he he said I have to dress conservative. This is Vince McMahon's idea of conservative. Well, let me tell you something. And I'm like, does she not know what conservative? First of all, she's like, she's like, well, let me tell you this. I'll tell you what my idea of conservative is. Not wearing this. I'm like, no, this is your idea is to not be conservative. You're not, your idea no, is Eric, this is the future that liberals want. <laughs> yeah, conservative people want you to dress in a uh, crop top with an underboob showing in a fop. That is conservative wear that to church kind of clothes. Like, it was, it, none of it made any sense because I was just like, yeah, he yeah, said. You're right. He said, None of it made sense. Right, like it's like it's like oh well, Vince's idea of conservative is batshit crazy too. But also, like Vince didn't have to have anything to do with this. It's like it's like that was also very cheap heat. Yeah, no, it was an easy way to put more heat on Vince is to but have it, him come out. But and like him up. it was just like, but just just you know like uh, whatever you, you the sent legal depart the legal told sure. me I can't show this, but like but then also you know but like that's better than like well. <laughs> You you want me to do conservative? I'll show you what my idea of conservative is. Like, no, this is by no by no one's standards is this conservative. You've never worn this before. You've always worn more clothing than this. That's conservative. You you showing up in the in like the robe makes you more conservative. Totally. I it's it's hard because I feel like you know as we talked about the blackface incident earlier. Part of our remit is to talk about this um, how things age. And a lot of stuff with they're not even divas yet. So, but in the idea of these female personalities and how they're being used and how problematic they are, I actually don't know if it, there's a lot of problematic bullshit here. But 
also I am of the school, the feminism school that is also like super sex positive. And I do think this instance, when I was, I was ready to really be very cringy at that element of this. Yeah. And I was surprised by how little of that there was. And it actually was presented with these women having a large amount of agency in this, which yeah. I actually thought was kind of cool. Um, being caught up at the end, and of course, any, the, any, I mean, like, it should go blanket statement and not have to be said every time that everything the king says is offensive and he makes everything worse, and there's not a redeemable thing about him, and I hate that he's still on television in 2019. Uh, but actually, this, this, I was worried for this to be more problematic than it was. Yeah. In my memory, it was worse. Yeah. Um, and it, it, this, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing to say, but like, I think I'm a, like, I think actually I was like a, a bit inured to what Sable was displaying. I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, there was no part of me that was like, like, I didn't have my tongue rolling out across the floor and then my eyes popping. Well, I was just, easy I was for like, us to say, though, in a post-porn world where it's like, I can see titties literally anytime. I, I, like, I can oh, look I can at see fully so naked much worse people than titties. all the time. Like, I can see the most disgusting, most depraved things. Yeah, that you know, it's worse than titties. We could in 98. Like, like, Syria. <laughs> Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Have you seen it? They're they're dying. No, no, they're shut dying. up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Um, I'm a lot of stuff on this, Eric. You have anything else? Uh, no, I'm ready to go to the package because I swear to God, I need a lot of. Details. You need a lot. I, honestly, I need a lot. I was like, what? Because last when last we met at the end of King of the Ring, Kane was the WWF champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ask away. What do we got? Oh, God. I don't remember. Okay. Well, you. So, um. WWF enacted what I'm going to be, um, calling from now on the wrong dumpster rule after, uh, what happened with the New Age Outlaws and Chainsaw Charlie. Stone Cold demanded a rematch because the stipulation for the match was the first person who drew blood would be named the WWF champion. But because it was the Undertaker who hit him with the chair that drew blood, Stone God, Cold I forgot about the drug demanded okay. that he get a rematch for the, in this case. Um, it's a good match, not a great match, um, but hard-hitting match. It happens, uh, so first he asks Vince, and he's like, you're going to give me a match, and, and Vince passes the buck over to Paul Bearer, who says, oh, and then passes the buck over to Kane, and Kane agrees to the match. Um, again, if you want to watch it, you can. It's not a stellar match, but it's fun. And also history making. Okay. Because they, the ratings for that was so high. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, again, this is the second time that the WWF Championship has changed hands on a Raw. The first one we watched, it was uh, Sid versus Brett. Okay. But, again, this is only the second time ever that the WWF Championship has changed hands on Raw. So now the question is, who is going to be the number one contender for Austin's belt? Um, we've got Kane. We've got The Undertaker. And and actually, um, Stone Cold agreed to a match for, against The Undertaker for the belt. Vince is like, no, no, I'm the one in charge. We're not going to have the inmates running the asylum here. And he uh, makes a match where it's Mankind and Kane and The Undertaker the winner of that is going to be the number one contender. Oh, was that going to be like a, uh, like a, what is it? Triple threat? Triple threat? Triple threat, okay. yeah. Um, now, Undertaker is a no-show for this match, 
and Mankind has said that he will not fight Kane. Kane's his friend. Wait, Undertaker's a no-show. I've looked at his HR record. <laughs> <laughs> he always shows up he on He never no-shows. And so what winds up happening is Kane, quotes in the air, starts beating the shit out of Mankind with a chair, pins Mankind, pulls off the mask, and it's Undertaker. That was actually the, a really good reveal. That was the part that I had trouble following in the package because I was like, wait, Kane dressed up as Undertaker... But then, like, there, then they showed other stuff, and I was like, I don't know who's where Undertaker is. It wasn't a very clear package. So we all know now that man, uh, that that Undertaker and Austin are going to be fighting at SummerSlam for the title. They've booked this match already. What complicates things a little bit more now is that um, Kane and Mankind are the number one contenders for the tag team belts. This happened before King of the Ring. And so in that match, they pin the—it's dumb. The first one, um, they pin the New Age Outlaws. New Age Outlaws demand a rematch where um, Taker and Austin are the enforcers outside. And actually, Triple H is like, we want a rematch, and we want The Undertaker and Austin to be enforcers for this match. It's dumb. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it happens that same night. The two of them kind of go back and forth pulling each other off when they're going to make the pins. So the question going into this is, where is Undertaker's allegiance? Is right. it with Kane? Is it with Austin? We have got we know that the fight is, is coming. Is it with Mankind? <laughs> Nobody likes Mankind. Is it with Edge? Is it with Terrible Ted? <laughs> Nobody likes Millhouse. And so here we are. Okay. So the first note I have is, man, there were a lot of tag matches in this uh, pay-per-view for like a few not very well-established tag teams, like tag teams that they were like, Bob, I don't know, you well, and you, you and you. Not dissimilar to what we're seeing now. The tag team division's a joke, and so they're not, ta- they're not taking it seriously, and so there's all these like ad hoc thrown together teams, which is like what we see now with like your Dolph Ziggler's and Robert Roode's and like whatever, like they don't take the tag division seriously since they put single stars they have nothing to do with together in the tag division. And had we... And after we have spent months complaining about Godwin's matches and how shitty the tag division is at this point, it still is very shitty. Yeah. It's, like, just starting to not be shitty. Um, but LOD is still shitty. Like, DOA is shitty. The Allies are great, but they don't have competition. Yeah. So why was the Undertaker late? Tension. Tension, yeah. Uh, okay, I was like, like, man, was there, like, a traffic jam? <laughs> yeah, did, did he, you give, like, a reason? Did like, he wake you know, up late? Did doctor's note, or...? Like, I thought maybe, like, because part of it was felt a little bit like, I think because Vince was involved earlier in the promo, and he talked about having the Brooklyn Brawler, who seemed like he was going to be, like, a jobber. Like, he just kind of, he came across as a real, like, yeah. Um, part of me was like, oh, and because I, I, I didn't really fully understand the tensions aspect, um, part of me was like, oh, I wonder if like Vince is trying going to try to prevent The Undertaker from arriving. From arriving. Yeah. But like none of that was a thing. It was just nope. like, no, Undertaker just like was, he just came late, man. Sometimes you just, sometimes you just can't really get out of bed and just get them, get a move on. And I think at this point, we've been talking a lot about this pay-per-view, and so our energy might be a little bit low, but this is a fucking high-octane fun match. To me, this was a great TV match. Like, yes. It just feels like yes, a, yes, it, it yes, felt like yes, a very yes. weird end of a pay-per-view. I mean, yeah. like, and the swerve was awesome. And I, I, even I, having 
live through this. Like, forgot and was like, oh shit, they won? Like, it was very... Uh... Can you go through what happened again, just for my uh, memory? I mean, there's a lot of, like, the tension. They're, they're building up all, like, the tags and the way that, like, getting to the hot tag. I also am very surprised in this pay-per-view that they kept Austin off the pay-per-view completely until the end. Yeah. Um, not even, like, a backstage interview or anything. It was very, like, they were keeping him quiet. But as far as the mechanics of the match, Austin does the the most of the heavy lifting here. Taker kind of is is very stoic throughout the whole thing. There's actually a point where King says, "I think Undertaker's enjoying this." While Austin is getting like the shit beat out of him, and then it cuts to the Undertaker's face, who has no emotion on the face at all. That's enjoyment. Yeah, uh, yeah. They 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 did a lot of like, um, is it collusion? The amount of coll- I think I I could have sworn that like before recent history, I hadn't heard the coll- the word collusion so much, and I was like, oh shit, here they are talking about collusion. Yeah. I, uh, prior to this, I think uh, or prior to our current days, I think the last time I heard collusion was like in a fantasy football like uh, message board <laughs> that got really heated. Also, the current days sounds like what we're gonna call this like in history. You know what I mean? Like we haven't talked about since the trouble. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. It's uh, what, is our it? what did they days. say in um in Mad Max the the before the times. Before times. Yeah. Um. So there were there was a lot of talk about collusion. I was like, what is the proof of the collusion? Is it just that like Undertaker's not quite getting into the match? I know there was a part where Undertaker didn't quite like. Uh, reach out for the tag, yeah. but then because of the crowd, he was like, "All right, I'll do the tag." Well, it was a lot of like ten. That, that's the tension I'm trying to create. It's like, will he, will he, or won't he? Kind of thing. I mean, this is four huge main adventures, four of the hugest stars in the company, um, having just like a hell of a time. I'm thinking, te- so great. Like, I thought, at this point, I'd say the four biggest yeah. names in the company. And I think Austin's doing a great job. I think Mankind and Kane are doing a job trying to be a more cohesive tag uh, tag team. Like for even like Austin's like Fez press looked like extra dope like everyone's just fucking at the top of their game and like super high octane i i enjoyed the match i just think mm-hmm. the stakes were weird and it was a weird thing to end it, on and it is weird because this is the whole but well, can they coexist kind of thing going again and mankind and kane who we see can fucking coexist and are are on fire or firing on all sing- cylinders as a tag team it annoys me when they um they put the belts on the two people who hate each other at the deficit of a good tag team. I mean, I think, again, not to, not to get too into current stuff, but also Kabuki Warriors is a similar thing I have, where you're making them play chumps if they have to kind of cheat to beat Charlotte Flair in a handicap match. Yeah. Um, and this, so this is why, though, in general, but because Kane and Mankind are also not a tag team, you know what I mean? It's I feel less egregious than before. But I hate when I agree that I hate when they sacrifice the tag division for the sake of a main event story. Sure, but Man- Mankind and Kane could be a tag team, and, and Mankind and Kane. Sure. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. They they're better off being single stars. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying that them being a tag team at this point makes a lot of sense. Oh yeah, I mean like logically, but it doesn't make sense. I think to me as I would run a company to have to sac to have your tag belts tied up in the main event story that doesn't need them. Yeah. That already has the, the the title belt, and they're big enough stars that. Um, there are tag teams that can use the tag belts. <laughs> so it just seems like adding, you know, you're burning off important stuff. I, w- I would also say that um, Mankind, I love Mankind, obviously. We all do. We've right. talked about him for a year. But uh, the the role he takes in this kind of match is a very, like, 
thankless, mm-hmm. like bump, yeah. bump master mm-hmm. role. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, it's, I mean, it's great because, you know, like, you know, he can do it. He's so good at it. Yeah. But then you're like, man, there's, there really is like a very, like the balance always feels a little bit off where you're like, man, these four stars and there's this one guy who's just going to get pummeled. Yeah. You're right. Like, I don't think that there was the match. a doubt in anyone's mind who was eating the pin. And yeah. And it's, and it's, it's just, uh, it's not my favorite way to see mankind because wait no didn't Kane get the pin eat the pin Kane got pinned I believe Kane got yeah Kane, yeah yeah but like it's not my favorite way to see mankind because mm-hmm. it's like mankind you know it's like we just saw uh, we just saw Terry Funk get that as well it's like it's the guy who's like man just put me through that table uh, throw me onto the onto the the gate. I do get what you're saying because you're rooting for mankind not because of the offense he's putting in, but because of the amount of damage he takes, and it yeah. feels I don't know, passive is the wrong word, but like I get how it doesn't translate. It doesn't feel like that he's like this conquering hero. His... He deserves to get all the moments, but even in defeat, he always looks like a badass. And after every match, even if he got his ass kicked, you're like, shit, man. They had to almost kill him to get him back. The problem far. is that his personality gets lost in the shuffle yes. when you've got three other people yeah. who are such yeah. big personalities. He just becomes a guy who's just like, oh my god, like look at what they do to him. As opposed to like, oh my god, like this guy is scary or like yeah. he can do all this stuff. I mean, and, and when you have the... What what the difference between this match and like the 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 Hell in a Cell match that he just had is like, you know, when he pulls out the 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 bat the pillowcase of thumbtacks, that's his choice, and so like you know he's gonna fall into it, but you're like, oh my god, like this dude is like intense and like he's got this like craziness to him, and yes, he takes the bump, but like. You know the fact that the bump that that it turns on him is like part of that match. Whereas in this case, you're like, oh man, he's just like, yeah, he did a mandible claw. Uh, he, I think it was like they were they were doing a lot of finishers on finishers on finishers. So he did he did do a mandible claw on somebody, but there was always there was never a point where I was like, oh, he did the mandible claw. He's gonna totally wreck this. Like he didn't. It didn't feel like that was gonna happen because it felt like he was there to be the guy that gives everything stakes. Yeah. He's the guy that makes everything all, that makes the floor look hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his and role. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to trademark that. He's the guy who makes the floor look hard. <laughs> all right. Want to go over the finish? Oh, by the way, he also split his pants early on. It was kind of cute. Okay. Um, you want to go over the finish? That now I'm just a little foggy on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got double stunners from Stone Cold, right, right. who finally gets the hot tag from the Undertaker. Undertaker hits um, Kane with the tombstone, gets the pin. Uh, so now Taker and Austin are the tag team champions, but Taker walks off with both belts. Yeah, that's cool. Let me tell I you, man. It was a fun ending. Which is which is the same thing Austin did, I think, when he won with Sean. It's a callback, and I also think like I'm for sure tuning in tomorrow to Raw. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if I was watching the pay per view live, I'd be like, "Fuck, what happened?" Like that was, yeah. I think, a great ending. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. It's yep. A, I, to me, it felt like a really good TV match. Yeah. Is, and I think yeah no is, it did feel like the end of a raw it did feel like but it, in yeah, a way right. this really is this whole pay per view is a build to SummerSlam exactly exactly yes yes so, so this, we, we should look at it that way in a way. yeah all right we made it guys <laughs> almost for years WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards and we end each episode of Hell in a Cell Phone with our own version of the Slammies in a segment we call for your reconsideration I'll go up first bitch <laughs> I'm gonna uh, give the midlife crisis award. 
to at the end of the LOD DOA match, a referee we see on one of the motorcycles as though he's about to ride it out of the arena and start his life again because he never really wanted to be a ref to begin with. <laughs> I did love the sound of the motorcycles being driven out from around the ring when I think Vince came out when that was happening uh-huh. or like whatever the, 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 the promo was after that match. You heard them like... Just like riding the motorcycles very gingerly into the back. Because <laughs> we've seen them do it live, too. Because I figure who, who was riding motorcycles when we were seeing wrestling live? It wasn't obviously DOA. Uh, recently? Uh, oh, oh, since we've been watching. We went to a bar. We went to a house show where there was mo- motorcycles involved. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't Triple H? I don't think so. Because it wasn't, we didn't do it like a mania, you no. know? But we saw someone had, was riding, there was like a motorcycle game. There's always a motorcycle gimmick somewhere. Remember. But someone rode a motorcycle and they had to like, they drive it like on the side of the ramp into the other like yeah. service entrance. <laughs> and it did feel very sad to see gone. Um, so I didn't step on your slammy? No. Damn it. I was really hoping I was. Eric, what do you got? No, oh you yeah, it. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I want to step. All right. Um, so originally I was going to like, uh, I, I don't, was. Don't burn two if you don't Sorry. have to. You're not going to get this. Um, originally I was thinking like, oh, maybe I'll give like the Mr. The Mr. Uh, Crocodile mile to Billy Gunn for when he like does the run in and literally slides across three quarters of the ring. I was like, is he greased up? But I decided. Everyone is. He's the guy on, uh, was it Watchmen? The lube guy? Yeah, the lube guy. The lube guy. So, um, but I decided I wanted to give a very personal pivot to porn, um, uh, slammy to my household when I was watching Fully Loaded because I was watching I had I was watching the pay-per-view uh I, I guess yesterday I finished it up and Taya came home and like I had you know I like it, the, the pay-per-view had finished it went back to the load screen and I was like doing stuff and Taya was just like were you watching porn and I was like what it, it's a picture of like of Triple H and it just says Fully Loaded 1998 I'm like so did you think I was watching a porn that was like starring Triple H? Starring that guy? And, and on, on the big screen? On it, the big screen. And I was like, she's like, well, I wasn't paying attention to that. I just saw it said fully loaded. I'm like, so you thought I was watching a porn that just, on the big screen, that said fully loaded 1998? It was the DVD load screen because Eric still has DVDs of porn. <laughs> yeah, like, Eric has a DVD in his PlayStation right now. It's a screener, guys. It might be porn. We don't know. Unconfirmed. It's a screener. Rumor. But like, the, just the fact that she was just like, and she's been on a real kick lately where like she'll come home and I'll come and be like, hey, and she's like, were you just watching porn? And I'm like, she's like, you look weird. I'm like, I was just like watching like a, a video for work. It was porn, but it was a porn video. For because work. we all know that Talia never gets any time in this apartment to herself and doesn't get to watch porn. And she's jealous of you. And she thinks that I watch it on every available screen. Like it's like, it's on my Google home. It's on my, it's on Which my... has no screen, which is funny. <laughs> yeah. Is it no. like radio porn? I'm just <laughs> like, uh, I'm like, hey, Google. Oh, he's taking out hey, his Google. erect penis right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey Google, can you play the radio play Debbie Does Dallas? Oh, nope. thank God! It's gonna do it. It's it didn't come on. Uh, but yeah, so that is my slammy. I, I'm pretty sure I didn't step on either. You of You did not. Okay. All right, Bobby, what do you got? Okay, my slammy for the Adams Family reboot we deserve goes to Road Dog for breaking down when he comes out for his promo, Paul Bearer as Gomez, Kane as Morticia, and Mankind as Cousin It, and truly that is the kind of fantasy casting I am here for. I cannot <laughs> believe you thought we were going to step on that. What? The, he, the, it was a huge joke. I was like, that's really funny. That's How a great is Kane not Lurch? 
Honestly, Candace Morticia is so much funnier. It's so much funnier. Like, yeah. it's a little condescending, toxic masculinity, like, whatever. But at the same time, it is a pretty sick fern. <laughs> All right. Um, one shout out this month to Andrew Scalise, who left a review on our Facebook page. You guys got to understand that when you tweet at us or any, like, literally have any interaction with us and we don't know you, the, the first thing the three of us do is whoever saw it first sends it to the group text and they're like, do we know this person? And we're like, no, do you? No. Do you? No. Okay, cool. And then we get so excited. So excited. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a real highlight. So it's, we'll just say it, it's a real low bar to get a name shout out <laughs> on here. Not that we don't love all of you, uh, Mike, Sarah, um... By the way, uh, Brad Pearson gave us a really, oh yeah, really yeah, 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 nice shout out on Twitter. Yeah, he said we were one of his his top, top five, five new podcasts, new podcasts of 2019 about Bro- wrestling, hosted by people he knows in Brooklyn. Kidding, kidding, kidding. Yeah, no, okay, he kidding. he uh, and and you know Brad's got a great podcast in his own right. Self worst, check yes. it out. Yes, we've all been on it. So if you want to get a deep dive into like our feelings, <laughs> oh god. Wow. How we feel about failure and 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 I think I had to do like a lot of me too talking at the time. Yeah, we, yeah, we, it was a lot of during Louis C.K. Yeah. coming out. So yeah, this was a check it out. But you know, it's a different side, a softer side of Sears. Yeah, it's like self worth, but it's worst. Yeah, the worst of you, and it's it's great, and he's a great host, and it's a great podcast. Love us? Disagree? Want to challenge us to a bikini contest? Let us know. Email us at hellinacellphone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at Pod or tweet at us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slowpass. Our theme song is There Are Traders in Our Mitts by Disco Vietnam and our art is by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please, please, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Has Nathan rated or reviewed us yet? He has not, but he also doesn't listen, so I can't really hold it to him too much. Can well, I? I'm going to start shaming him on social media. Please. So. I encourage shaming him all the time. And we'll be back again for SummerSlam. Now, this is Aaron Benoit's idea of conservative. <laughs> and it's, it's SummerSlam, Eric. That's like your favorite one, isn't it? Oh, I do love SummerSlam. It's a good one. I am very happy. Is it going to be under three hours? Definitely will not. Oh. <laughs> I think it is. I don't know. I mean, how, this was 240, I think. Yeah, they're all, they're, so they're all around 240, 245. I don't know. I guess we're going to find out. Bye. See you then.